What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 184 in a year four. And today we are scraping the bottom of the barrel because there is not that much to talk about. Unless, since we covered it last week, we talk about all the Shazam drama that's going on online <laughs> because shit is being thrown. Um, for those of you that don't know, it is underperforming at the box office. That is uh, not an over-exaggeration at all. Uh, hasn't even broken $100 million yet over a weekend. And they had a China release. So, like, kind of shitty, to be honest. Yeah, it it is wild. Um, when the projections came out, everybody misread it as domestic box office. Yeah. But it was only projected to make a 50 million worldwide box office. Yeah. And then it even underperformed from that to only 35 million worldwide in the yeah. box office. Absolutely I do think it, it's right now it's like at 68. So I think it kind of went over. I think that was maybe like the first two days. It made yeah, the much. I think it was the, the preview night. Yeah. So, yeah, it's doing horribly. And it sucks because the first movie did really bad, too. But it was profitable, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they actually made profit on it. But it also got, like, hammered between two huge Marvel movies. And, like, yeah. I'm just thinking, how do you fix this? And it, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Part of me thinks Zack Snyder is the worst thing that's happened to DC movies. I genuinely think that. Well, why do you, why do you think that? Because I think... Compared one, to this story. yeah. It's divided audiences, in my opinion, because you have this fandom that obviously. So here's the thing. I think Zack Snyder, he has the fans that will go watch a movie 20 times, which is unheard of. But that is what people do. Like there was that one guy that went to go see Endgame like 50 million times. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like those people are the ones that love Zack Snyder. So they're the ones that are spending like thousands of dollars to go watch the same fucking movie like 20 times in a row. And they're yeah. no longer a part of DC because they're like, I'm boycotting because I'm never going to get my daddy Zack Snyder back. And it's just like, well, that kind of sucks. Like that, I think it's just a minor part of it. I'm not going to say that's everybody. Yeah. yeah. But I do think that because of what happened, granted, part of this is on WB on how they handled everything. I'm not blaming everything on Zack Snyder, but his fans don't shut the fuck up. So there's yeah. the ones that are like, this movie's going to suck. This movie's going to this. And like after a while, people just see that and just like, I don't, I'm not excited about anything. Like, because everybody's bitching about it, and they're the most vocal. Well, and also, uh, I don't know if you if you knew this, and this is why you brought it up, but uh, Zachary Levi, in a interview since mm -hmm. the box office and everything else, kind of alluded to like saying, like, "Oh, well, there's a certain part of the oh yeah, I, I saw that that will that will back me up." Basically, yeah. saying, "Oh, like the Zack Snyder fans will will definitely go out and see this movie and and have fun with it." Oh, you you think that's how you read it? I think that's how he perceived it. Yeah. No, I think he perceived it as they're the toxic ones. I'm gonna have to read that quote again because it kind yeah. of made it sound like he was like hoping, like, oh, you know, they'll they'll go out in droves and, and watch this movie. No, I think he was the one saying that there's like a bunch of haters online, and those are the ones that'll constantly go. Because why would Zack Snyder fans support this? Well, there, there's no ties to Zack Snyder. Uh, people say the castings that were 
in the movies during his time or his art. Ah, that's bullshit. That's that's straight bullshit. I will give you anything that happened in BVS and Man of Steel. Any of those castings, totally fine. Shazam had nothing to do with Zack Snyder, in my opinion. Well, I mean, spoilers, uh, just to go forward a minute or two. Mm-hmm. But three, two, one, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. Like, yeah. She okay. was in it. So so people see that and they're like, oh, that's that's part of Snyder. Like, and and there's people that have this idea that anybody who was in the first few movies mm-hmm. of of D- the DCEU because BVS basically showcased the Justice League before they were the Justice League. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, well, as long as they are in the movies, the Snyderverse still lives. I guess there's probably a minority of that group, but that, that same group also says Ben Affleck's a traitor for being in shit. You know what I mean? Like That's true. So it's just like they, they make no sense. I, I do not take it as Zachary Levi saying they're the audience that would be that. Um, I just I would find that very shocking because they're the most toxic. Yeah, because I think DC fans that aren't if that are if they don't care about this universe, they're not talking about it. They're mm-hmm. just like eh, I'm not gonna go see it, and they don't. They just don't show up. And I will say I also have a conspiracy theory that Disney fans just will watch anything Disney as long as Disney produced it, they're going to the theater. So that's why Marvel does so well. I I. Th- I think that's a good sentiment. I think there's a lot of people who are what's the what's the phrase the the Disney kids. Like yeah, they they just grew up on Disney, mm-hmm. and so they will watch anything and everything Disney. Yeah, yeah I understand. Probably that. also have Disney stock, which you would go watch a movie if you have Disney stock. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, granted, all of that I think is just those are my theories and whatnot. Uh, none of that is factual evidence, but I I don't know how you fix this, man. Like, is it? I, that had to have been what Gunn was going to say, right? He was like, look, these next mo- four movies are possibly going to do shit at the box office. He was like, well, so that brings me to the question, because I have heard a different argument as of why this did not so great. Mm-hmm. There's the idea of, of course, hero fatigue, superhero fatigue. Yeah. And a lot of people are stating that although this movie may have been a quote unquote fun movie it was still a lot of the same stuff that we've gotten in previous movies it's done nothing new Mm -hmm. and i can kind of agree with that yeah but it's like in my mind if it's nothing new and you can re-watch some of the past superhero movies that we've gotten and be like oh man this is still a a a 10 out of 10 movie or this is still like a b plus movie Shazam comes out and you're like, ah, that's probably like D tier. Like it yeah. doesn't make sense in my mind for people to say that kind of thing. My thing is, is I don't know how you grant. I'm not here saying Shazam is an A plus movie. Like I'm just saying I was entertained while I was watching it. I don't understand how people can say Shazam is a bad movie, but like a majority of the Marvel movies that have come out after Winter Soldier. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or maybe after Guardians, I should say. Because it's the same vein. It's the same kind of movie, just not as slapstick. You know what I mean? So I don't understand why this movie is doing so bad. Granted, the first movie only made like 300 million. So maybe that's why people weren't even interested in the first one. Maybe they just don't think Zachary Levi is a good Shazam. But I, I mean, I've enjoyed both movies. I stand by, I think the second one's better. More entertaining, in my opinion. 
Granted, we said that they could have probably done one more with the family. And I heard some people say that, saying like, oh, I wish they would have focused on the family more, which is that's a yeah. fair argument. I think it's a fair yeah. argument. Um, Gail Simone fucking loved this movie. Uh, yeah, famous. I, I saw I, I saw her uh, her thread on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know she was adopted. So I think that's a very interesting. She's like she loved that the foster. She also made a really good point. She was like, I like that the foster family was actually poor. And I'm like, yeah, because everybody usually like she was all it. The, the biggest thing I noticed when she said this, and we're going to be talking about um, uh, Batman later and his kind of persona. So it'll be yeah. very interesting. But uh, she mentioned how in Marvel, the poor person is supposed to be Peter Parker. But he hasn't been he's been anything but fucking poor in that movie because he's backed by a billionaire. Yeah, I'm just like, that's so true, man. Because in those first Sam Raimi movies, he was fucking poor. Yeah, he was just a small kid in Queens. And that's how his persona is supposed to be. And the real stereotypical thing in movies in Hollywood Mm -hmm. is foster families are usually the rich ones. And you're like, oh, let me just take you out of the system. And, you know, this and and, and get the money from it and all this. And they kind of are the the stereotypical villains. Yeah, this they did make them the good guys. They did make them the good people. Um, Yes, they did talk about like getting the the government support and everything but that was mm-hmm. a good point for like the story that they were trying to tell and we said this in our review that a lot of the family stuff felt like it was probably on the chopping block yeah and it needed i we felt like it needed that to really drive it home for the ending yeah uh the director david sandberg said that there's 30 minutes of footage that they gave to the home video people yeah so that could be action sequences that could be family sequences uh, we don't know, but there's actually 30 extra minutes of this movie. So uh, very interesting to see what they're going to do. Also, uh, have you seen the – it's crazy the amount of stuff that he's had to clear up lately. Like, I kind of wish Elon would just be like, you know what? I'm going to shut down Twitter. And I think everybody's life would be better. Because Twitter <laughs> you is You think such... Elon is really going to do that? Though? No, like... I just wish he would. Because you know how big balls that would be? Like, imagine, you're the most hated man on the internet right now. Because I don't know anybody besides Elon bros that like Elon anymore. You know what I mean? This is true, yeah. And just imagine if he's like, you know what? I said that this was human discourse. Like, this was the town center or whatever. I think this is a fucking toxic place. And I'm just going to shut it down, you know? Uh, I spent $44 million, I failed. I'm going to shut it down. That would be fucking wild because here's the thing. There's not one place everybody's going to go to because there are people that hate Instagram. They're not going to go to Instagram. There's yeah. people that fucking hate Facebook. They're not going to go to Facebook for their news. So everybody's going to scramble and everybody's going to jump to Mastodon or Hive. Hive is such a shit app. I, it has so much potential, but it's so shit. It it confuses me, man. There's there's a There's so much clutter in the AI for me. Yeah. Yeah, so there would be nowhere for people to go. Some people are going to be like, let's get MySpace going again. Like, that's not going to fucking oh, happen. Oh, dear God. You know what I mean? Tom is, like, is crossing his fingers. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Tumblr is there. They're trying to make a fucking comeback. And it's just like, yeah, no, there's no one place everybody would go to if you shut down Twitter, like, today. And I'd love that. Where the fuck the scooper is going to go? We would be, we would eliminate scoopers pretty much, Clay. Like that. Probably, be yeah. Phenomenal. And so, um, because man, there's been some shit coming out that's been annoying. I mean, me. you still have Reddit, but true. But from what we know about Reddit, anything that's 
99% of stuff posted on DC leaks is not believed. Everybody's like, that's fucking trash. Yeah. So uh, Reddit would be a thing. But where are you going to post it? That's the thing. Yeah. You, on Instagram. Again, it, it splits everything. Like everybody, I think, has a Twitter for news. They don't mm-hmm. have like all the other things. It's like, oh, let me post my photos. Like you can go to YouTube. YouTube might pop off more. But everybody that's a little scooper on Twitter is not necessarily a personality for YouTube. And personality goes a long way on YouTube. So, like, if you're boring as fuck and you're trying to read this news, people are going to be like, mm, I don't know, man. Um, granted, there's plenty of people that uh, a lot of people would be like, that guy doesn't have a personality. He does well. There's always outliers. But I do think personality takes you a far way. Um, anyways. Yeah, so online with with all the Shazam stuff that I've been seeing is like he's had to clear up the end credit scene that was not in the movie. People are like, ah, oh, this was in the movie and like oh, we saw it and like oh, why are they not oh, showing the, of anymore? the original movie? Yeah. yeah, the original movie. Sorry, and he's like, no, it wasn't. And I'm like, dude, that was an end credit scene. Like I've seen that fucking end credit scene. Like not an end credit scene, a uh, um, extra scene. Or what do, what do yeah. they call them? Deleted scene. Yeah. And so, but everybody, I guess somebody mixed it with music from the movie. And threw it out there like I can't believe this isn't in the movie or they're not they're not acknowledging this and like because it was a deleted scene like yeah. you don't acknowledge deleted scenes and so like um, I don't know man just seeing how much the director is having to defend himself I can understand why he said he's ready to go back to horror and get away from superhero movies because the fans suck man like I'm sorry we've said this on the podcast a shitload of comic book fans are trash. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's my words. I'll say it my words. But, like, it's true, though. And I'm not trying to say that that's everybody that listens to this podcast or anything like that. I'm just saying a lot of fans, at least on the internet, are trash. It's because, like, you think your opinions matter when it comes to a movie or whatever. Like, this. Like, dude, I see people that were just, like, shitting on Shazam for, like, no problem. Like, this movie's mid. This movie sucks. Blah, blah, blah. And they hadn't even seen it. They're just like, no, yeah. it sucks because so-and-so. And it's like, you can't do anything. It's it's garbage. Like, nobody cares about Shazam family. Like, it's just it's, like, dude. it's It's so sad to see also, which I think is hilarious. And when people have this argument of like, oh, this movie's mid. And then somebody comes back. It's like, why is it mid? They did this. They did this. They And they start to explain why it's a yeah. decent movie. And then the very next response is, oh, well, I just wanted to say that. I actually haven't seen it. Like, yeah. how does that win you an argument? Like, yeah. That's, I don't get that. No, there's, dude, so many people cannot have a actual conversation. Like, people can't. Like, there are so many people that just say what's on their mind, and then when you press them on it, they're like, ah, whatever, whatever, dude, you pay for the check mark on, on, on Twitter. Look at you, stupid. You pay for the check mark. Ugh. Like, that's the big <laughs> comeback now. Like, if you paid for Twitter, like, you're somewhat invalid. Like, Granted, I, mean, I don't I, pay for it, but I was going to say, I don't pay for it either. And, and uh, I kind of do make fun of people who do. Yeah, but, but it I, doesn't. Yeah, uh, it's stupid. I was yeah, going to say it, it's dumb, like the comebacks people have. And for me, I. I agree. And we've said it in our review. This is a decent superhero film. Yeah. The, better than the Black thing Adam. with me, the one, the reason why I brought up the whole like superhero fatigue thing was like is this a little bit like true because at man and the wasp quantumanium underperformed mm-hmm. so much so that it has led to talks of Marvel stepping back a little bit, slowing down their release schedule and changing their release schedule. 
Yeah. Uh, they recently fired their VFX uh, lead mm -hmm. because apparently she was like a fear mongering, like, hey, you need to get the work done and approving things that clearly were not supposed to be approved when it comes to VFX. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have been complaining about that with, with the MCU as of late. And for me, it's like, okay, there is some validity to this in the sense of like, okay, there's two big franchises that people seemingly enjoyed and now they both sort of flopped. I think Ant-Man is doing fine. Mm -hmm. Shazam is clearly not. Do we see, like, what do we expect for the next big release as far as uh, a comic book film is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. If that one fails, I think there's a real argument for it. For superhero fatigue. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. But again, this is James Gunn. Yeah. Not only is this going to be the goodbye to the characters that he has worked with at Marvel with, with the Guardians of the Galaxy, mm -hmm. but this is his, his first and last Marvel movie while he is the head of DC. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people want to see that film because of that reason. So I yeah. think that it's going to make a lot of money. I'm just curious as of how the rest of the release schedule for DC is going to be until James Gunn's actual of gods and monsters chapter one starts. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm on the fence if I want to go see that movie or not. Uh, Cause I didn't like the second one. Um, I hated the second one. I I really enjoyed the first one. I thought the first one was awesome. Yeah. Didn't really like the second one. I'll always go support Karen Gillan. I love Karen Gillan. I think she's awesome. Uh, so I wouldn't mind going to see it for that. And Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the only movie I like Chris Pratt in. So as of his most recent stuff. So I'm on the fence. I don't think I'll be like a week one kind of person to go watch it if I would do that. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it at a later date. Um. But I want it to be successful. And the reason why I want it to be successful is, one, so James Gunn can shit on people that think he's not going to be anything. Because I don't know why people are – because everybody's already trying to tie Shazam to James Gunn. Like, they're that, that end credit scene, that's you, that's you. And he's like, no, that's all fucking David Sandberg. They had that planned out way before. Yeah, um, We're going to talk about some shade that Zachary Levi has been throwing because of those end credit scenes uh, here in a minute. But – freaking um i wanted to be successful because james gunn if let's just say guardians of the galaxy makes between 800 million to a billion i don't know if it's going to hit that but let's just say because it is a trilogy it's the finale we're expecting from what the trailer showcases people are going to die yeah. and i think somebody's died in every guardians if i'm not mistaken uh somebody died in the yes, first one yes right? uh Groot died in the first one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, because Gunn has confirmed that this Groot that they have in two and three is not just him reborn. It is his son. Yeah. So, uh, so Groot died in the first one. Uh, Yondu died in the second one. Yeah. And it looks like more than one is going to die in this movie. I would call Rocket is the one that would make you cry. I think that's going to be the emotional one. And I think Drax dies saving somebody. That's what I'm calling. I, I think so. Yeah. So anyways, I, let's just say it does between 800 to a billion dollars. And I think that's what allows Gunn to keep DC being like, look, my last movie did fucking gangbusters at the theaters. 
I had no control over these four movies that were releasing. So if they all do bad, that's not my vision. Yes, I gave notes on it, but we couldn't reshoot the whole fucking movies. So you cannot start judging me until my first project drops. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm yeah. kind of hoping that's where we go. You guys go look at how well critically acclaimed Suicide Squad and Peacemaker are. People love those things. I worked on those. Like, you cannot use these four movies against me. Even though yeah. the internet's going to tell you I had I had a hand in these. I didn't. Because what we're hoping, right, is Shazam, we enjoyed the movie, but it, people are going to consider it a flop. It's just what they're going to consider it. We are assuming Flash is going to do well because it has Batman in it. So yes. let's just say that one does well. We hope fucking Blue Beetle is going to be amazing and people go watch it, hopefully. But I can see it be like Shazam. I can see people not wanting to go watch it. I could also see there's a small group of people that are probably not going to watch it because it's pretty much a Latino movie. So they might not be interested in watching it, even though it's a superhero movie. And then we have heard Aquaman 2 is hot garbage. Yeah. So... That could still do well. We don't know. But uh, it, it, let's just consider it a flop for now. So that would be hopefully two successes and a flop. But if three out of the four are bad, that's going to be rough. And people are going to be like, look at James Gunn's DCEU. It's fucking trash. I'm like, dude, it's not even started yet. Like, really? Yeah. Um, and so we have to wait until what? Creature Commandos will probably be the first thing out. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's very odd on how he because he hasn't specified release yeah. out of the first ten. Yeah. He did give dates for, of course, Superman. Uh, a little bit on on where we expect Batman to be, but Creature Commandos, Waller, Green Lanterns, like all of that stuff, we haven't really seen any kind of actual release window for. So I would assume because it's the closest to being actually finished, Creature Commandos would be first. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think they already casted some people for that. Uh, I believe they're probably working on the animation already because that takes for so long. Uh, yeah, man. So I don't know. Um, so, so that's the one thing I'm worried about. So I want Guardians to do well. So people like anybody that tries to attack James Gunn, they're like, look at what he's done. Like anything he's been a part of has been successful. You know, I yeah. even saw Philip DeFranco talk about Shazam uh, on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. And he was all like, yeah, it's a super flop. But James Gunn is now the head of DC and he's done successfully. So everybody, you know, we should be excited. If anybody's going to correct DC, it should be James Gunn, you know? Um, yeah. But I just wonder if it's bad enough, you know? And and to, to circle back, because I don't want to be like, oh, I just threw Zack Snyder's name out there for a reason or for no reason. The reason why I think it's so bad that he was a part of it. Like, think about like the reception of um, Age of Ultron, right? People didn't really like that movie. Like, correct yeah and and they kind of just let joss whedon go he just they just let him go and they're like all right you did your movies and that was it and now i don't know if dc just needed to let justice league come out and they just let go of snyder i don't know if that would have changed anything i don't know if everything's happened because they, they they try to replace him with joss whedon or whatever and i think that is part of it but everything with marvel they've never had something like this they've never had a director that's been bigger than the franchise right yeah Zack Snyder is. He's bigger than the franchise, and that sucks. I think it's bad for DC. And, like, you see it vocally. Because nobody's clamoring for Joss Whedon to come back for the Avengers movies, you know? <laughs> yeah, You no. know? Nobody's... <laughs> but that first movie was awesome. But the second one sucked. And there's just this weird aura around Snyder movies that 
are Snyder fans that they just can't admit any of his stuff was bad. Like everything's great for him. It's it's a very odd sentiment mm-hmm. that for for characters that have been around for eighty plus years uh, or nearly eighty plus years, that one person who started a you know a series of movies is now like, oh, he's the only one that can control this. Yeah, when several people have told plenty of stories with these characters over eighty years. Yeah, like it, it just boggles me how people think that. Yeah. Um, but when I go back, like there has to be a way to save DC. And the, the, my only thing I can say on how you can do that, look at the Thor movies, the Thor movies have only ever increased in profit. And the first two were sucked. And I have them right here. The first movie made four hundred, almost $450 million. The second movie, which everybody says was the fucking worst made 644 million. The third movie, which I fucking hate, eight hundred and fifty-four million, and then the last one, uh, seven 60. something, right? Seven sixty, seven sixty. Yeah. yeah, all increase. Well, okay, so they reversed it here for some reason. So it actually it went down. So Ragnarok it, was it highest. went up and then went down. Now yeah. the thing is, you have to also remember, which I will always say, this is a valid excuse. We're post COVID. There's plenty of people that still are iffy on going to theaters, going out, especially when the sentiment has already been given to us by these big companies. Oh, in 45 days, we're just going to put stuff on our streaming sites also. Yeah. Yeah. So people will choose to save money if they can. Yeah. Yeah. I think streaming services, well, at least for like HBO Max and stuff are definitely hurting the movies. Um, I think they shouldn't go on HBO Max for like 60 to 90 days. Oh, which does remind me, Shazam 2 already has a streaming date. Oh, is it a streaming date or a movie release date? Because I I know that they're dropping the movie a month after, like the one you can buy, digital release. Uh, okay, so it does say streaming POV, uh, PVOD, so streaming mm-hmm. on demand. You have to purchase it. Yeah. Um, is scheduled for April 18th, so yeah. not even 45 days um of since release which like a month straight month is pretty bad um yeah in retrospect but it's not as bad as i don't know if you knew this uh magic mike 3 mm-hmm. came out and then two weeks later it was already available to stream oh i feel like that's a movie some people want to watch at home i know the ladies uh, want to be watching. yes you know? but i also think it's absolutely crazy how much the budget apparently skyrocketed mm-hmm. and they thought it was going to be like a huge franchise film yeah and then they just like throw randomly throw the release date like literally two months in advance yeah like, that it wasn't because i think the big thing was is like oh wb has a secret movie in february mm-hmm. and like i saw some scoopers be like guys chill out it's only magic mike they're yeah. just now announcing it like next week um which is crazy to even do that because even some of the most like random comedy movies like have a release date months in advance yeah like i don't know why wb chose to do that i i, I think they probably saw the writing on the wall with that yeah but it's, it's wb's crazy marketing department is fucking awful they are they have to be one of the worst marketing departments in all of movies because I have seen one, I didn't even know Magic Mike 3 was even happening. Um, 
I didn't, I, I knew there was one of them. I didn't know there was two of them, but so there's three of them. And the thing is like, I, that movie that won the Oscar, uh, everything everywhere all at once or whatever yeah i saw about i saw that more than i've seen some of the superhero movies that wb promotes and we're in the superhero space yeah like and that's you know that's coming from a24 which is the a i think it's an a24 film uh yes it is yeah so like i don't know what wb is doing i don't know where they're putting their money i don't know how their marketing department like what the fuck they're doing it doesn't make any sense on how the marketing is so bad i remember when Suicide Squad was happening, they were doing the original Suicide Squad, not James Gunn's. They yeah. did a lot of marketing for that. I mean, when BVS came out, they had those special screenings just for the trailer. Yeah. yeah. And like, and they gave out posters and stuff. Like, why aren't they doing anything like that? Like, Fun fact that people may not know, me and Juice were there at the screening of the trailer and the first viewing of the movie, and we didn't know each other. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. It's funny, because I think I, you weren't you didn't know who this guy named j roar was did you yes i did you yeah, did yeah, yeah. Were, were you talking to him i had like or were you in between them in, no i talked to him in line he was okay. right next to you and i was like okay hey, yeah. i see some of your videos and yeah I just yeah it. yeah okay so then i think i heard that conversation because i didn't i don't even know i didn't know j roar either at the time we met through the competition I was in for DC where I smoked his ass. Um, and like, uh, granted, I got, I had lost in the finals, but still. But anyways, um, I didn't know him at the time either. And then we met in that competition and we started hanging out and watching the superhero movies together. Uh, and I don't talk to him anymore. But yeah, like we used to, I used to run that little circle. So it was weird how many people I knew there. And the thing about that, that a lot of people didn't remember is when we went there, the special surprise was you get to see the movie first. Yeah. Like, that was fucking cool. And, like, why aren't they doing that? It's I feel like they're not even appreciating the fans anymore. Because I think if you were to start doing shit like that again, you'll get casual fans to show up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how about, do something like this. Like, you're going to be like, hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to show you the next three trailers at a special fan event. Like, you're going to show up, theaters are going to do it on these days, and there's going to be three different time slots, right? Like, maybe one at noon, maybe one at six, maybe one at nine or something like that. And then what you do is you have posters because you give out some free shit. And then what you say is, we're giving you one free ticket to the first movie that's coming out. So maybe, like, let's just say for the next three films, they were going to show the trailer for Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman at this special screening. You're like, oh, shit, those are awesome. Yeah, we got goodies for you guys outside, and you're also going to be able to go see the Flash for free. Like, you know, your first showing. Bam. Boom. Do something like that. I would do it for Blue Beetle, to be honest. Not just not I, Flash. I, I would do it for Blue Beetle also. But I wonder if, like, they... Now, are you, are you saying this as far as, like, uh, to promote more of what James Gunn will do in the future? Or, like, or just to promote... The movies in films? general. Yeah. Because, like, we have a... DC has an audience problem right now. That's what they have. Like, yeah, because again, we talked about it. Maybe their theory is that, you know, Disney nerds just go watch everything Disney. That's a possibility or Marvel nerds by themselves. Cause there's so many movies at this point, but like they have a built in audience to where it doesn't matter what they release. Like it could look like dog shit. People still go watch it. You know what I mean? Clay's got text message going off like crazy. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so that's kind of like DC needs to do something to bring their audience back. Because they're not, the social media is not working. I mean, 
I mean, let's let's face it. The last time we had a screening, because we've been invited to like one or two via like emails that we that we sign up for and yeah. stuff like that. Ours, our last one was Harley Quinn. Yeah, that audience was very diverse, very odd, uh, yeah. and it was more so people that we that we knew kind of live off of doing this kind of thing they just like go yeah. like to see free movies and 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 like the promotional and stuff yeah i can't speak for our i mean i can't speak for everybody but our city has like a demographic of older people that do that that's their fun hobby yeah they go watch just free movies which i just got an email for dungeon and dragons today really yeah it says to sign up so it's not one like here are the tickets it's like sign up for the tickets. well i know so. that dungeons and dragons did a thing with amazon uh, uh-huh. If you have an Amazon account and use the website Adam A T O M, yeah, uh, you can see the movie as early as like four days ago. Hmm. Um, so I I still want to go see it. I don't know when I'm going to go see it. Um, but in regards to the screening, I uh, the screening aspect, I haven't been getting any emails of anything, and I used to be signed up for a lot of those things. Yeah, and I wonder if I guess the industry has just stopped doing those overall yeah because i feel like the idea is oh well we're gonna have our movies on streaming and that's where we want most of our money we don't care about the word of mouth for these other movies Mm -hmm. because we'll eventually get people to watch our movie anyway through streaming yeah i mean i think you can make a good argument for streaming being a part of that but I think I think we're getting to a point where people that are willing to watch it to wait to watch it on streaming weren't going to go to the theater anyways. There's yeah. like a good portion of it that are like still worried about COVID right now, you know. Um, and anybody that thinks that there's not, you're just not paying attention. But I do think that there is because there. I, I think only right now the blockbuster movies are the movies that people are going out to like out of their way to go see, like you know, what I mean? the Batman's or the Spider Man's and whatnot. But yeah. the the ones that are like mm, Shazam, I could wait for that on HBO. Like I'll, I'll wait for that. Um, and I think it's just because they just don't care. Um, and I, I I do kind of blame that on marketing. You know what I mean? Because you could have done so much more. Like and I, I again like being somebody that's been on YouTube, you could have Shazam and like the kids and stuff going on shows and doing other shit and like doing fun quirky stuff. Like why don't you have like Zachary Levi and the kids go on Jimmy Fallon and play one of those stupid games? You know, well, and also, so here's another sentiment that I kind of agree with in retrospect, but I still think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are critiquing Zachary Levi's, uh, I guess, performance towards uh, Asher Angel because mm-hmm. he is supposed to be Billy in an adult body. Yeah. But the way that Asher Angel acts in the movie and the way that Zachary Levi acts in the movie are completely opposite some people feel like mm-hmm. and some people feel like zachary levi is just taking the idea of oh i need to act like a kid yeah and his idea of a kid is acting really silly mm-hmm. do you think that is somewhat of a turnoff for people who are just like eh, maybe that's not so interesting to me it could be but we've also learned as comic readers that they're not two separate people anymore it's just Billy in a bigger body. Yeah. So you would expect the same personality. Oh, and that's the thing. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, Ash, oh, you're the saying way... that he was Asher was serious in this movie. Not necessarily serious, but he definitely isn't as like 
flamboyant and and kind of silly and crazy as Zachary Levi portrays him to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I can see the argument, but I also think because Zachary Levi, well, yeah, I guess that is a fair argument, but I will say, I think if you were to be a kid, even if you were an asshole kid and you got superpowers and you were learning them for the first time, like in the first movie, you'd probably be a little giddy. You know what I mean? So I, I can let Zachary slide on that. And in this new one, I don't know. Like, I feel like the kid has worries, you know? Like, he was worried yeah. about getting kicked out of the house and stuff. So that's why he's trying to be so serious and whatnot and to keep the family together because he's worried about getting kicked out of his house. But you don't have to worry about that when you're Shazam. Like, you can just, you're always, you can be goofy because you're like, oh, I'm Shazam. I have everything. And we also learned that he doesn't have the, you know, spoilers. Uh, he doesn't have the fucking wisdom of Solomon. At least yeah. he doesn't. I think so Mary long. has that. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think it is what it is. I, I think DC does have an audience problem and they need to fix it. And I think you fix that by just pandering the fuck out of the audience. Like, oh, we're going to do a special event. Like, you can come hang out and you can do all this kind of shit. Dude, at one year when Suicide Squad was coming out at South by Southwest, they hired a tattoo parlor to give out free tattoos of the suicide squad stuff. Like I remember that. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. crazy. And you can go get stickers and shit. There was, they were walking around six street, handing out suicide squad shit. Like they need to do more shit like that. And then also one thing that I think I've noticed, and this may be a preference thing or like maybe something that is just, you know, winning out of the Hollywood like scene. Mm -hmm. But I remember, and it, it wasn't really my jam because I didn't recognize any of the artists. But people absolutely love the soundtrack for Suicide Squad. Yeah. People thought it was just like the coolest thing. I, I know that Doja Cat was on there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 21 Pilots was on there also. And they did several music videos yeah. for uh, Suicide Squad. And I feel like music is a really big thing for the general audience. And I think that is something that could change or, or or you could bring back should i say uh to some of these newer movies to get people who aren't in the know of the superhero genre and yeah. be like okay why is my favorite artist doing this promotion for this movie oh cool it's a superhero movie you know yeah yeah for sure um and you know uh i i wouldn't say that eminem's helping out venom but that movie is money. <laughs> yeah. it made money though right <laughs> like that's one thing and here's the thing too like Again, with the promotional stuff of Suicide Squad, right? Everybody's going to be like, well, it's because it was Zack Snyder's Suicide Squad. I, I'll give it a little bit of that. But the problem is that movie was dog shit. That movie was dog shit and still made over $700 million. And it was, but was it because of one trailer that everybody fell in love with? Is that why? And that's why they gutted the whole movie to let a music video guy edit the whole movie? Or was it because there was actually really good marketing for it? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because I haven't seen that type of marketing for other stuff. And they're not doing well. So, that's it. Anyways, let's jump on. We spent 30 minutes on how DC is failing its audience. Uh, let's jump on to Zachary Levi throwing shade, though, at Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, so he... There was uh, specifically one post, I believe... It was shared in the Discord. I can't remember if uh, if you shared it or if I shared it. I think you shared um, that. It was like his was, Instagram post, right? Yes, the Instagram post right here. It says here, uh, 
he he did the the subtext of the truth shall set you free and it is uh somebody saying the rap confirms that shazam fury of the gods the justice society from black adam were recruited from uh recruiting shazam in the post credit scene the rock denied access uh and sandberg uh had to make a last minute decision to add amelia and john uh of course uh uh hardcore and economos yeah um so the justice society was supposed to make an appearance in that movie yeah and dwayne the rock johnson said no yeah so again we know how things were back uh before gun was running things there Mm -hmm. was definitely a power struggle um clearly hamada was wanting to have the justice society be the big dog on the screen because he definitely wanted to steer away from justice league he yeah. wanted to steer away from those characters um in retrospect rightfully so um how do you feel about this should Dwayne the rock johnson as an actor should he have ever had this much power with no. wb like this is this is insane yeah like the way that he like and it has come out that he basically went around Hamada, went to Zaslav personally, and was like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm bigger than the movies, and I can make this happen. Yeah, Let's make sure that nothing t- t- you know, touches us, and, and we're good to go. Yeah, And look, what it ha- look how it turned out, man. It's funny. So to call back to if there are any Snyder fans out there that think Zachary Levi is part of Snyder, you have to also accept Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So, do you want that on your plate? Do you want to say that Shazam's not a part of it, ladies and gentlemen? Because uh, if so, they were cast around the same time. Because he's been Black Adam forever. Like, yeah. He's been cast as that role Be- before, I think, even Justice League was coming out. Like He was like, yeah, we're going to do this when I have time. And it never happened. So, uh, Dwayne was casted as Black Adam around the same time that BVS was announced. Yeah. Or teased, not even announced, teased, um, which is absolutely insane to think about. It's it's been nearly twelve years, yeah, since all that happened. So uh, yeah, he's been here for a long time. He should have never had this much power. Dwayne is starting to become very unlikable, in my opinion. I I don't think I like him anymore. I yeah. don't think I can genuinely say like, oh, I can enjoy anything that he's in now, like. Yeah. Because of the way he acted with with this production, yeah, uh, he's definitely leaving a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Um, and it's not just his tequila; it's I think uh, the two. I mean, how big does your ego? I mean, he has a clause in his contract that he can't get his ass beat that much. Like, it's insane. So he definitely has an ego. But to build a universe around Black Adam and Superman, like. that's ridiculous like and to not even include i i hate this this idea of like oh yeah we're gonna go to the origin of like black adam and we're gonna we're gonna dive into that story because it's such a deep and story and blah 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 his origin is surrounded by shazam and then just denying the main character um also let's see oh yeah and then and the part of that after everything else clay was reading um again he tried to center himself around uh superman and and black adam and then the last part of it the rock didn't allow zachary levi to cameo in a post credit for black adam so instead of the amanda waller superman scene 
that's where Dwayne that should have probably been Shazam. Yeah. And then he just made it Superman. Granted, we thought that was fucking cool when we thought Henry Cavill was coming back. Yeah. Now we're just like, what the why was that even a fucking why? That's just fucking dumb. Um and so yeah, to to I think he definitely hurt the franchise. Like I think he definitely hurt Shazam. He's part yeah. of it. Not all of it, but I think he's part of it. Yes, and and there's the sentiment that people are getting angry that like uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson has like destroyed DC and everything else. There is a lot of dominoes that fell before Dwayne yeah was there. Now, did Dwayne help anything? No, he did not. Mm-hmm. Um when it comes to building a franchise, you need to work together and Dwayne was like, "Hey, I'm the center of the universe. I'm better than everything else. I'm bigger than the movies." And this has clearly shown that he is not. Yeah. Yeah, Black Adam was uh I think a failure because yeah. it was like 250, 300 million dollar budget. I would personally call Black Adam his biggest failure, probably. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean, I don't know what some of his first movies were. How bad no, those but were. like, like even if you pick out one of his worst movies being, uh, freaking, uh, San Andreas or, uh, what about that one where he only had a leg? Or he had one. Yeah, leg the and he uh, was, skyscraper. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think those probably still made a profit, and I, I still think, so. think that that those movies like prop didn't elevate him in any kind of way Mm -hmm. but it was more like people saw it as like oh he can do any type of movie yeah yeah clearly not anymore i still don't see how wasn't he in like an alligator movie like lake plastic jurassic saurus or some shit like that wasn't it like didn't he have like a wasn't he fighting a big alligator no he was was that what that was oh my god yeah okay it was rampage yeah that's so weird (laughs) did it have all three animals in it yeah, he he was apparently I didn't see the movie. Yeah. But he was a hands-on worker with the gorilla, gorilla. Oh, in, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. movie and that's what like brought him into the whole fold of having yeah. all three animals fight. Uh uh freaking Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in that movie also. Oh, um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he like the antagonist? I think he was like of like an agent like fbi agent or like government official or something yeah. uh, that was trying to fix everything quote unquote fix everything yeah that's um god he's been in some bad shit um but those were like the funny stupid movies that i would go watch the rock and if i wanted to you know like fast and the furious love that he was in fast and the furious because it's so ridiculous you know and uh he also kind of kind of revived that franchise a little bit so he did, but there has been absolutely crickets on Hobbs and Shaw too. Apparently, like the studio doesn't want to do it. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think it did that well. Like we watched <laughs> it, but I mean, Isa Gonzalez was in it. It's the reason I went to go watch it. Uh, anyways, so yeah, there's there's that going on. I and then you said there was something else. He kind of threw a little bit more shade at him. What was the second? Yeah, thing? so there was there was a video that came out today. Um, he is, uh, Zachary Levi is in an interview, uh, entertainment, uh, weekly mm-hmm. or entertainment tonight, whatever. Um, the interviewer asked Zachary Levi if he's ever seen black Adam and his response was, I have, uh, he says no. And then they asked him, well, will you ever see black Adam? And he says, I have a full plate of other things to get to in life. Yeah. 
that that's some shade that is like yeah, oh I, sure. to say that a movie is of course you know there's plenty of movies that i have never seen mm-hmm. but to say oh there's plenty of other things in life that i have to do before i see that movie yeah. like that is purposely saying no i'm never gonna see that movie yeah i would hope you know how do you all right before we move on to the final topic or like the other topic we have do you think this cast of Shazam can be revived in a better movie? I I don't know. We both said that we would enjoy this cast coming back. Yes. I I would love to see it. There's a lot of people praising um Courtney, I think her name is, uh, uh Mary Marvel. Yeah. Um there's a lot of people praising her. Apparently she has worked with Sandberg and other projects before. So I think she will still have a future in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, It'd be interesting to see her in horror movies. I, I want this cast to have another shot. I don't think they will. I think gun could make it work. And I hope if he is really good friends with Zachary Levi, he'd be like, I can make it work, but we're going to change some stuff because here's the thing. Here's the one saving grace we have. It happens before the flash. So if we want to change how Zachary Levi treats the character, if we want to make it more serious and the kids are the goofy ones or vice versa, whatever we can do that, you know, and we can recast the rock. You know what I mean? And I think you could do Shazam in a team up movie. And not just necessarily his family. His family could show up and do something really cool. You know what I mean? And they could be like the comedy relief to like other serious characters. And maybe that maybe that is a Justice Society movie. Maybe that's how you save them. Yeah. And see if they get built up more. And then maybe give another director a chance. Because if Thor can be revived and become Thor Ragnarok 3 or whatever. And people fall in love with Thor after two duds of a movie you have to be able to do it with this cast. The only thing that would suck is they're going to get older, but I think nobody's going to care about that. They're like, oh, they have two other films. We can reference those. It is. They grew up. That's what they happened. Nobody cared about the Harry Potter kids growing up. You know what I mean? They're just like, we like those people. So I think it's possible, but maybe we do need a new director. And um, I think you need a team up movie before they get something else. Because I think Thor being in the Avengers really helped as well. Like yeah. people got to see more of him like, oh, he is really cool. You know, he got to have some banter with other people. He didn't have to be the main star. I think Levi needs that. I, I loved his interaction with interaction with Wonder Woman. That was cool, yeah. you know? And so like things like that, I think that was cool. But um, I don't know. I hope they come back, but I wouldn't hold my breath. I don't want to see uh, The Rock ever again in a superhero film. Yeah. So uh, fuck him uh anyways moving on to another topic before we move away from uh james gunn and uh dc news altogether uh dude again i would love for twitter to just be blown up at this point because of this next topic about people saying james gunn deleted his tweet talking about he will for sure work with margot robbie and people are now saying oh he deleted it that means they're not going to work together now what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> so one thing that people were in defense with James Gunn, they're like, remember his tweets auto delete. They're fine. They're fine. Mm-hmm. This isn't one of those all auto deleted tweets because yeah. it literally just happened 
two days ago. Yeah. Like it, it, it isn't something his tweets we've learned delete after months, mm -hmm. not just after a couple days. This could definitely be something that people are just blowing way out of proportion. Yeah. This may just mean that Margot Robbie's schedule is changing. This mm -hmm. may mean that an actual contract is being written up. So Gunn is just saying, hey, before people try to say, hey, you lied to us, if something yeah. falls through, let me catch myself, release the tweet. Yeah. It's as easy as that. Now, it's going to be... I'm I'm very interested in how Gunn's relationship with movie making, not just with him being the co-CEO of DC Studios, mm -hmm. can he make other movies still? I think his schedule is probably all DC for a long time um, because they need to get the universe off the ground, right? So I doubt it. I think for the, the next question, four years, he's solid. Uh, for sure. But the the question that he answered was, hey, are you going to do another project with Margot Robbie? They mm -hmm. did not say anything specific about Harley Quinn. Yeah, you can definitely take it like that. But even in that sense, why would you delete the tweet? Because it still makes sense by saying for sure. True, true. So I think he just deleted it because he was like, why? Like, I'm just going to delete it. Like, dude, I for anybody that doesn't know, I want to make this very clear. I delete tweets almost every other day because I'll I'm trying to keep my Twitter just to like my channel and shit. But sometimes there's just shit I see that I'm like, I got to This is stupid. I got to say something and I'll <laughs> say it and then I'll just fucking delete it. Like recently I was like, Zdarsky's Batman's fucking trash. And then I think I, deleted I saw that it tweet. so far. Uh, it might still be up. I don't know. But God, it's trash. So like, um, yeah, so I think this might be one of those things. But it's also like. I don't know, man. Um, I'm not going to read too much into it because he was writing stuff for Harley before he even got this gig. So is that yeah. just going to go in the trash? Or, you know, what was that going to be a part of Waller? Was that going to be a part of Peacemaker? Like, Well, that was one of our predictions was yeah. that this whole theory of like, oh, there's a secret project that is going to be like the sequel to Suicide and Peacemaker. We had said, oh, well, you know, there's two people that survived that movie yeah. being uh Bloodsport and uh and Harley mm -hmm. and it would be kind of cool if Waller tried to keep them quiet by yeah. having somebody like a Deathstroke go after them yeah like we thought that well, would be more, cool more people than them too survived because it was also yes, King yes. Shark right Catherine, but like so. more so in in the, in the sense of like her Big name? Waller like uh uh hiring somebody to go after them and we yeah. had the idea of like a deathstroke versus harley would be kind of cool yeah yeah i know yeah, that would be pretty awesome i think they will work together again um i think this is another reason why i just hate there being so many scoopers or so many just just like uh regurgitated twitter accounts is i've even called out a home of dc or whatever like the new one everybody's tweeting i'm like hey when you see something that gets debunked how about you delete the original tweet? I was all because you're still spreading that information out there. Cause not everybody's going to see your like, Oh, debunked tweet. Cause the original tweet is what gets the most views and nobody yeah. gives a shit about the debunked one. It gets like half the views. I'm like, delete the original one. Like if you want to be a source of like actual information, just delete it. Cause when you usually, I don't think you can hide tweets, right? That should be an option. You should be able to hide tweets. Um, but anyways, like you can still like, 
see that something was debunked or i told them i was like you should screenshot it like if you want to say like oh this particular thing was there but those those original tweets are still getting into people's feeds like if you want to be like factual delete that shit um but anyways speaking of home of dc uh they also tweeted out breaking i don't know where they got this information from because they oh they said it was on instagram the first trailer for blue beetle coming very soon according to george lopez's instagram uh when do you think we get this now, they, uh, I don't know if it was them specifically, but I did see a post later on saying a big movie in April. Mm-hmm. I don't know any movies in April. Is it going to be Mario? That would be weird. You think that's their I mean, audience? Their target audience is Mario people? I, I have families. Yeah, I guess so. Um, um, let's see here. I'm going to Google real quick. Big releases in April. You keep going. Yeah um i i don't know i mean i guess the family audience would make sense because it is apparently going to be a family oriented movie but uh, i don't know you really want to go get a bunch of like people that care about bad mario voices to watch this movie (laughs) so i don't know if that's the target audience i think that's the next biggest film for sure fast and furious doesn't come out till may so it's not that um and it comes out in June, right? So it's got to be something. No, no, no. This one comes out in August, September. It's uh, August of 2023. Flash yeah. is May or June? Uh, Flash, I believe, is June. Okay. Damn, that um, theater is going to be packed when we go watch it. It's going to be insane. I'm looking and I'm not seeing anything like huge other than Super Mario Bros. Yeah, that's April fifth. Um, yeah, I would just I release that... a trailer on Easter. You know, it would be some good marketing. You release it on Twitter on Easter, and you have somebody doing an Easter egg hunt, and it's the scarab. Somebody finds the scarab. Oh, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, it's just like bam, Billy Beetle trailer, bam, and then it just happens. Oh no, that that should be the teaser, right? You drop it on Easter of somebody doing the like searching the Easter egg hunt. They find the scarab and they're like, what is this? And then it'd be like Blue Beetle trailer happening, you know, and you do the date. Well, I mean, in in retrospect, Easter is literally just four days past the the Super Mario Bros. movie release. So, I mean, it would be a perfectly good time to release the trailer because if you watch it before Easter... It's gonna be something that you talk about with your family. It's like, oh, like, yeah. did you see this? Did you see this new trailer out for this superhero movie? I've never heard about it before. It's called Blue Beetle. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, Easter, everybody's off, so well, majority of people. Um, yeah, not our old job, but yeah, I do think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I would drop it Easter weekend. Have a lot of people talk about it. Have people. People are gonna be home chilling. So, anyways, so there is uh, all of that. Also, uh, just jumping back to the Black Adam news real quick. I love that uh, a tweet on Twitter that we saw that was like, this is what The Rock wanted so bad. And it had all of the the recent, what was that uh, comic so we had read? It was uh, 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 Dark it was, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, Dark Crisis. And it had all the Shazam, all the superheroes being Shazam or Black Adams. They're like, yeah. yeah, this is what The Rock wanted. And uh, I was like, God, that would have been horrible. That was th- that was the same issue that at the very end of the book, when Black Adam is talking to Superman, it is literally Dwayne the Rock Johnson's face, yeah, in a comic book. 
Like somebody yeah. drew him exactly like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It was terrifying. I uh I really hope you want to know something else about Black Adam the movie that kind of annoyed me and we didn't talk about it because I don't know if we did a review about that movie. Did we do a review of it? I don't know if we remember if we did or not. Um I got really annoyed that he went back to his human form after thousands of years. He should have become dust because that's yeah. comic accurate. It is comic accurate, yeah. and they've they've shown it several times uh, in comics and in animated movies, yeah. where he like yells sh- uh, Shazam and he turns old because yeah. it's his body decrepting over the thousand years of what he should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been cool. <laughs> like he's dead. We need a new Black Adam, and they cast somebody <laughs> else. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, that's all the news we got for you. Nothing Batman so far, but we do have one bit of Batman news that I want to talk about, and it's in regards of Batman 2. And well, for those before of- we do that, before we uh-huh. do that, there is some new news. Oh. I don't know if you saw this. It was it was shown to us yesterday. I'm going to bring it up on screen mm-hmm. uh, for Juice to see. Now, we do not really acknowledge this show whatsoever, but it is a Batman-related character's new suit for the first time on screen. Oh, is this... Uh, yeah, I saw this. I thought it was fake. Dude, I thought Titans had already aired. So it ju- it, it just released a trailer for its last few episodes. Okay. Uh, was so it split? Yeah, it was split. Oh, it was okay. T- I thought it had already aired. Yeah, okay. So the reason, the, what they did is they did the first half of Doom Patrol. Then mm-hmm. they did the first half of Titans. Now they're going to do the last half of Titans and then the last half of Doom Patrol to uh, to kind of even it out throughout the entire year. Oh, okay. That's a weird release schedule, but if we were watching, we would know. Uh, yeah, yeah, this looks interesting. I complete, I thought this show was over, so... I was like, why is it? Why is he in a suit? I thought it was like a cosplay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool that Drake's actually getting a suit and that they've had basically every Robin in there except for Damien. Um, yeah. I'm glad we won't get Damien in that show um, because the asshole was already already held up by Tim or not Tim by Jason Sod character. Yeah. So we don't need that anymore. I still can't believe they made him Red Hood. That's so bad. I like. It's so weird. They made his domino mask so mm-hmm. thin. It looks kind of painted on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I kind of dig this. I do think that the like torn cape look at the at the bottom of it looks a little weird. Yeah. But I, I actually kind of dig this. Yeah, I like it. Um, As I'm looking at this, he could have been a great Duke Thomas. Yeah. Because he is, because like, for those of you that don't know, everybody's going to think, oh, Duke Thomas wears yellow. He had a red Robin suit. Like, he had a red jacket that had the R on it and stuff. Like, he could have been a really good Duke Thomas. Like, now that I look about it, he would be pretty badass. And, um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think he did well as Drake in the show for the little bit that he was there, um, from what I remember. But that show is just so bad. Like, you couldn't get me to watch it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I I will not go back to see his performance in the suit i just saw the picture and i was like huh like and that was the thing with titans titans yeah. always did really well with costume design yeah did horrible with scripts yeah the writing is so bad isn't it that one dude that did the outsiders is a writer on that show isn't he uh brian edward hill yeah 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 Ugh, tough um <laughs> i will say also i'm dude i'm seeing a lot of clips from fucking the flash 
with Red Death? That show dude, seems awful. Dude, like there's some people that <laughs> I had a friend texted me and was like, I just saw the latest episode of The Flash. Please remind me that this is the last season. Like, yeah. just please let me like like let it die already. Yeah. Please. Dude, I mean, I can't believe they <sighs> Are you just, still willing to watch the finale? Oh, I'm still going to do that. Yes. For those of you that don't know, <laughs> I am planning on watching the finale of The Flash in our Discord. I won't live stream it because I think that's against rules. I think Discord's a little bit more lax about stuff like that. And I think I can screen share it and you'll be able to see my reactions. And I think you guys can chat while I'm watching from my understanding. I'll do a test before because I think it happens in May, the finale. We'll yeah. maybe do a test of one of them or two in the future and see how it works. But yeah, definitely plan on trying to react to the whole final episode in Discord at some point because I cannot believe that they've had Red Death do so many classic Batman lines and they're just giving it like every Batman, like every Batman possible. They've done I'm Vengeance, I Am the Knight. I did. Apparently, apparently Red Death did like four of them all in one episode. Yeah, they were like, you want me to go nuts? Oh, let's be nuts or whatever the fucking actual quote is. Like, yeah, I'm like, y'all who in the writer room does not see that that is cringe? Like, you know what I mean? It was okay in the 80s. Like, it was okay to do that. I was like, all right, yeah, that was the Batman in the 80s. What are you going to do? But, like, dude, doing it now, it's, like, really hardcore. And the vengeance thing is just so, like... The way she strains her voice, it's yeah. so cringe. Um, vengeance. Like... I, uh, I got it so bad. I'm so glad I'm not doing superhero reviews anymore. <laughs> I can only imagine how much I would shit on that show in a video. Like, it, I just, I'm glad. Everybody would be like, I don't even think I'd have viewers at that point, because I'd be so insufferable. Like, yeah. I just can't do it. Anyways, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, according to CBR, for those of you that don't know, uh, I have always said, C- the reason why, I think CBR is predominantly a crappy website, but I think it is one of the websites a lot of the general audience goes to. So I like to look at it to see what people are thinking, right? And recently, they just, uh, I think as of today, they dropped an article calling uh, Batman 2 can skip the outdated part of Bruce Wayne's personality. Essentially, what the article is, just so nobody has to read it, is uh, they think that Bruce Wayne can skip the Playboy persona in the Batman. He doesn't need it at all. What are your thoughts on this? So I know there's going to be a lot of people that are that are going to fight back just because, mm-hmm. oh, it's just who Batman is. He's the playboy philanthropist. And, you know, it, people want there to be a little bit of a uh, rivalry of that of, of course, the yeah. MCU's Tony Stark. Um, this I wouldn't be against it, but you have to give me something better mm-hmm. to give me insight on the Bruce Wayne persona. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because the Batman in like in the Batman Reeves only showed us a very closeted, closed, uh, lonely Bruce Wayne, emo Bruce Wayne that everybody was kind of like, oh, is that Bruce Wayne? Like, yeah, kind of in the idea of like, yes, he's been away for a while, which I do like in the sense of like, hey, you can chop that up to. He was training and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could headcanon that because Reeves didn't even touch up on that uh, as far as like the training that he had gone through. Yeah. Um, but if he is going to be out in public, if he is going to be 
a Bruce Wayne that people know, you need to give him something. Yeah. Because this kind of closed emo, like quiet Bruce Wayne is very suspicious. Yeah. And you're going to be like, he's Batman. Yeah. That, is, that dude is totally Batman. Yeah. You need to give me something that is completely opposite. So people know that that can't be Batman. I think that's why the Playboy persona is really good is because you if you think you're a play like nobody looks at Playboy personas and think, oh, they're doing good in the world. Everybody exactly. thinks they're douchebags. Exactly. Everybody thinks they're douchebags. And I think that's really I don't want to say important to the Batman character because I think the best portrayal is Bru- of Bruce Wayne is the animated series where he is a Playboy, but he's also a philanth- philanthropist and he's just a good guy. You know what I mean? He has yeah. like this suaveness to him, but he's not a douche. Whereas the Nolan universe made Bruce Wayne a fucking douchebag. Like he was a douche. And so like, I think if you want to do it like the animated series, I think that's a really good Bruce Wayne. But I think the gallivanting around with different women is a really good thing for Bruce Wayne because people are going to be like, that dude couldn't be Batman. He's banging chicks all the time on his yachts. Like he just stole the whole Russian ballet and took them on his yacht. Like he did in fucking the Nolan verse. Right. Yeah. You need to do those kind of stunts to keep the heat off of you. You know what I mean? Cause he doesn't have a Dick Grayson or a Tim Drake or somebody that can pretend to be Bruce Wayne while he's Batman, you know, or pretend to be Batman while he is Bruce Wayne. Like he just doesn't have that. So, I think he needs something. Uh, Arwitz here did respond because I did post this in the Batman News Weekly uh, channel. It says, doesn't need to be a playboy, but should be a philanthropist. Can't say that word. But like, yeah, which I do think in regards, even though I didn't pay attention to I mean, I didn't care about the movie. Um, him trying to do good in the world and be the hope figure. He needs to be more of that ph- philanthropist in the fucking movie. Like, yeah, because he was like, wants to he, he wants to do better for Gotham. He wants to do this. And the mayor lady that got shot or whatever said Bruce Wayne can be doing more for this city. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's built in there. So if Reeves doesn't give us more of that personality in the movie, I think it's just bad character development. I don't think the Bruce Wayne character developed at all in that movie, in my opinion. No. And so it was like really bad. They tried to force the Alfred thing. Which I think you could make the same argument for Shazam. I think they kind of forced the mom thing. We think that there should have been a little, like one more scene or two to make it a little bit more like, oh, hey, he wasn't calling me like mom or he doesn't call me mom to really hit that home. Uh, Reeves needed more Alfred scenes to show, yeah. like, oh, there's a disconnect here. And like, you know, he should love him. He doesn't love him, yada, yada. So yeah, I kind of think. Uh, he needs to work on that a little bit more. And I think maybe that's what people are scared of when it's like, oh yeah, we want a movie where he's in the suit 90% of the time. Right. But you just have some scenes where he takes a cowl off and he's talking to Alfred or he's talking to other humans that he, that know his identity. And that's how you bring the Bruce Wayne out. Um, yeah. Not that stupid shit. Tynan thinks where he, when he's in a suit and has his cowl off, he's a third Bruce Wayne. Like that's fucking dumb. Uh, the third mask or whatever he tried to, pedal uh anyways i do think though the playboy persona is something that keeps people away from the idea that he's batman emo batman i'd be like yeah that guy's weird like you know he never leaves his house he only comes out at night batman does that like what's going on there (laughs) 
Uh, again, one of the reasons why Tim Drake was able to figure it out so easy, right? <laughs> I'm always going to hate that origin. Oh, by the way, I just want to point this out because we don't cover the series anymore. But Tim Drake finally got new art, and it looks good uh, on that book. That's going to get canceled. That's going to get canceled. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that kind of sucks. But uh, I checked it out the other day. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's it for news, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're going to move over to your questions uh, since I'm already in the Discord. Uh, I think we've gotten something like this, maybe even from the Ponderer before. I think it was maybe phrased differently. Uh, what is your underrated Batman theme? For me, it's the Arkham City main theme. So we got this on a YouTube question. We, okay. we answered uh, in a tier list what uh, would our, our our best themes be and our lowest uh, themes be. This was the argument of like, for me, the 66 theme is not that high praise for me yeah and you were like what and i yeah. said that i comparatively the batman theme and 66 themes in my mind uh batman the batman is better than the 66 theme um looking at his question the most underrated batman theme um and it's it's very interesting he added the video game themes as well he said yeah. the arkham city main theme um, I'm going to have to go back and listen to those because I do not remember those specifically whenever thinking about Batman. Mm -hmm. um, for me, my underrated Batman theme would be the Batman from the 2004 cartoon. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't have one, to be honest. I can't sit here and tell you like I, I mean, I can tell you which ones I like. I don't know if there's one that's underrated. I, it would probably be one of like the 8-bit Nintendo ones or like the 8-bit Sega ones because those had some badass themes that were like 8-bit. Yeah. It'd probably be one of those, to be honest. But could I sit here and tell you which one? No. Um, I can't even sit here and tell you like how memorable the Arkham soundtrack was. I can tell you moments in the game that I found fucking amazing and maybe the music enhanced that. Yeah. But I can't sit here and tell you, be like, oh, if you if you were to play stuff for me from the games, I wouldn't be able to be like, oh, yeah, that's this scene. I couldn't do that. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't say it's that memorable, in my opinion. But I could tell you from, like, parts of the movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's from this part of The Dark Knight where this, you know. So I think, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go, maybe it's, like, something 8-bit because those things had some really cool themes. But, yeah, for the most part, I didn't realize how wacky some of the old Batman games were. Like, they were fucking wacky. Like, I, I really enjoyed the Sega games a lot. Yeah. Yeah, they were weird. I've used some of the footage from those games on the podcast, and they were just, I, I was like looking through it, and I'm like, man, this game was fucking weird. <laughs> uh, so pretty crazy stuff. Moving on to the next question, we have Arwitz. If you were to place uh, the main Bat family in Harry Potter, what houses would they fall into, fall under? Okay, so who do we consider the main Bat family? This, So I meant to go back to this because mm -hmm. I saw this question, of course, yesterday. I was working at the time, uh, and I, I really wanted to, last night, go through. For me, when I think of the main Bat family, I think of Bruce, Alfred, the four Robins, Batgirl. Hmm. That because because it's the first established Bat family before we start to get, of course, uh, Stephanie, Cassie, yeah, and all of them, yeah. That's what I think the main Bat family is. Of course, I... you have 
extended family where you get yeah. into Azriel yeah. and all of that other stuff. But for sure, I would say Azriel is like cousin. That's like <laughs> that's like second cousin actually. Um, but my extended family, as much as I would love to put Catwoman in there, I don't consider Catwoman part of the original family at all. I would go Bruce, Alfred, Nightwing. Well, or Robin, Dick Grayson. I'm just gonna say Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. Batgirl, and I would probably be okay to stop there. To be honest, with but just those four, because Tim, like Jason Todd, you could say he's part of the family, but he's more Red Hood than he ever was Robin. Like, let's be yes. real. Yes, because like he was a copycat of of Dick Grayson, and then people hated him, and they wanted him to die, and they ha- that happened. And as far as I would go is the original, I would be willing to go as far as Tim Drake, and that is it. I don't think Damien is part of the original. I I wouldn't call him part of the original, no. Yeah. So I'm willing to include the first three Robins. Okay. Okay. But Batgirl has to be there before the before even fucking Todd or or Drake. Granted, I don't know if that's canonically correct. I don't know if Batgirl was around before the second Robin. I think she was some because she she wasn't always Gordon's daughter. No, she wasn't. Yeah. But I believe going back to some of my research, Batgirl was eighty six, and when was Jason Todd? I feel Let me like Todd check. died in the eighties. Like he because he was dead for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Batgirl was really in the 80s? I feel like she would have been before that. So, let me reiterate that. First appearance was, uh, excuse me, uh, 61. Sorry. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Batgirl was 61. Yeah. So, and then Jason Todd. Because, yeah, I'm very curious. But I, w- I would be willing to go as far as Tim Drake. Was 83. Okay. Yeah. So, Bar- Barbara's definitely there way before him. So um, I think for just the sake of time, I think we we go as far as Tim Drake and that's it. Okay. Um, so obviously Batman's Gryffindor, right? Yes. Yes. Um, Alfred, I feel like would be a Ravenclaw. I was having trouble because I. I got to bring these up. Jason so, Todd's automatically Slytherin. I yes. don't think we have to argue that. Jace, Jason is Slytherin. Um, I think that Nightwing, it's very hard just because I think that both Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw are kind of in the same light, but I feel like Hufflepuff is a little bit more like of so the... according to Google, I'm, gonna, I'm going off of Google. I'm, this is Google, everybody. I don't trust Google anymore because I've been in trouble for trusting Google and they're like, that's not really what it means. So, um, but this is according to Google. Gryffindor stands for bravery helping others and chivalry hufflepuff hard work patience loyalty fair play ravenclaw intelligence knowledge planning ahead and wit Ooh, that maybe i might put alfred in hufflepuff um slytherin ambitious cunningness heritage and resourcefulness that does not sound like jason todd at all <laughs> what is like uh, there's gotta we need a new new house where people just die and that's where we're put jason todd he doesn't sound like any of these at all, to be honest. True. Uh, I would put Alfred. 
I might actually put Alfred Hufflepuff then. He has um, to be loyalty, like yeah. fair play. Like, yeah, he would have to be Hufflepuff. Now that I think, now that I look at the the stuff here, I thought I, Ravenclaw was more of like the hardworking kind of people, but so I got him, I got him mixed up. Okay, um, so what about Tim Drake and Dick Grayson? So intelligence, knowledge, planning ahead, he has to be. I think Tim Drake has to be a Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Dick Grayson has to be Gryffindor because helping others and mm-hmm. he's all about chivalry. Like I didn't I didn't want to put two in the same house. Yeah. But I feel like Dick Grayson is a of course more energetic and more playful Batman, but yeah. he is basically the same as Batman. So I yeah. would definitely put him in Gryffindor as well. For sure. I think also Barbara is Ravenclaw. Yes. And 100%. to be honest, I, I will I do think uh Jason Todd being Slytherin, he fits ambitious, but he never hits that ambition, is what I would yes. say. Yeah. So yeah, I would think um I think that's fair. And that's everybody, right? Yep. That's yeah. everybody. Yeah, so I would go with that. So nobody actually gets in. Oh no, we got one in everyone. So if it wasn't for Alfred, uh nobody would have been in Hufflepuff. Um I was going to say, before I read all this, I was going to say Tim Drake in Hufflepuff because he's cringe. But, you know, he he actually fits into Ravenclaw. But yeah, so that would be the Harry Potter houses, I think, is a fair estimate for that. I actually do not have the YouTube pulled up. Hold up. Uh, I have it right here. All right, go ahead and Um, read. Going with uh, uh, sorting newest first, um, Jason Todd, which two crossover movie adaptations would have been most hype? First one being Adam West, Bats, and the 60s Godzilla, Aflac, and Michael Bay's TMNT, Ugh. 90s Keaton and Spawn, Bale Batman and Predator, and Clooney in the uh, live-action O2 Scooby-Doo. Oh, that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> that sounds really great, actually. Yeah, that sounds so goofy. I would kind of love to see that. Um, I think... Affleck Bay TMNT sounds horrible. Would hate that. Keaton and Spawn, product of its time, would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people would probably go Bail Bats Predator. I really don't have an interest in that. Um, I think so, maybe Affleck's Predator, Affleck Predator, might be more interesting in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to see Clooney and Scooby Doo, <laughs> dude. I have been reading a lot more of uh of batman scooby-doo mm-hmm. and then i i even watched the leaked um crypto and scooby-doo movie mm-hmm. um of course that's superman stuff but even still like scooby in the dc universe is so fun it's yeah it's so so good and even there in that uh crypto and scooby-doo 2 uh movie uh that i shouldn't be able to watch because it was written off yeah. Uh, as a tax uh, refund, um, Daphne uses uh, batarangs and a grappling hook. Nice. So she is like essentially Batgirl uh, for like the third act, and I thought that was really really cool. Um, awesome. But yeah, I think well, the whole Bale and Predator thing for me reminds me of that really cool YouTube uh, movie that somebody made where like it was uh, Batman versus Predator versus Alien. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, like, yeah, that was pretty cool back in his time. Uh, and I thought, like, oh, it would be so cool if this would happen in real life. But 
out of all of these, I definitely think that uh, that Clooney Scooby Doo wins. Yeah, yeah. I as I've gotten older, I've become more appreciative of goofiness. Um, but goofiness done well because yes. a lot of people think they know how to do goofy and they don't. Um, and I don't mean the Disney character. And so, uh, yeah, I would definitely go with that because I think that would be kind of funny. Um, anyways, moving on to the next question from Eduardo de la Cruz. Who would win? Uh, Nightwing versus Genji from Overwatch. Uh, mm-hmm. Condiment King versus Baby Doll. Red Hood versus Red Skull. So let's just get this out of the way. Baby Doll is fucking vicious. She is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> just being Baby Doll height is scary enough. Like, yes. Um, but she's a human like an actual adult because she has the disease that keeps her as like a child or whatever. I forget what the actual term is, but yeah, she in the animated episode that she's in, she kidnaps her whole cast and forces them to be like a part of the show again. Cause she wants to be a star again. And she has a bomb. Like she's like, crazy. Just think, think about, uh, I never saw it, but like the freaking movie that just came out, that Megan doll thing. Yeah. Think of that, but a real person. Yeah. Like, that's that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Condiment King still not winning a thing. Yeah. Um, Nightwing versus Genji, I think would actually be pretty fucking badass. Yeah. Um, just because uh, I read the Fortnite book, which was actually not gonna lie, really good. Mm-hmm. Where Snake Eyes and Batman fought. Yeah. Batman versus ninjas is just good. So yeah. Nightwing versus a ninja would be good as well. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to Nightwing. Yeah, uh, I am gonna say Nightwing, but I will preface that I don't know all of Genji's lore. So I've seen some of it. Yeah, so that's true. I will say I just don't know enough about Genji to make a fair assessment, but I've seen Nightwing fight a lot of people similar to Genji. Yeah. And so I will go with that. Uh, as for Red Hood versus Red Skull, um, you really gonna let a Nazi win? No, but <laughs> I was just trying to think of like, has Red Skull like ever really been that threatening? Like, I haven't read enough Marvel. Granted, uh, Red Nazis Skull... are very threatening, but I'm just saying. Red like... Skull is is more of a problem via his numbers because yeah. he has a lot of followers. Yeah, he that's what like Nazis. Uh, exactly. He reminds me of Cobra Commander. You know, he just runs away. Like, he doesn't really fight people. True. Yeah. So, I would definitely give it to Red Hood. Um, I feel like, you know, that's probably the one thing him and Joker see eye to eye on is they both hate Nazis. So, yeah. you know, I, I would definitely give it to Red Hood there. Um, but, yeah. So, definitely uh, with that. All right. Next up, we got Alexis Barrera. What if you guys did Batman News Weekly in the DC Universe? Would it be for better or worse? So, like, we're actually in Gotham. Yeah. I don't think the show goes four years. I don't think so no. either. <laughs> I think Joker kills us so fast. Unless we talk really good about him. Unless we're like, dude, Joker, what he did this week was crazy. I, I was going to say, I think we would be targets more than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because, like, and honestly, I think Batman tells us to stop. I think he, yeah. hears, I think he hears about it first, and he tells us to stop. I want to say that there has been something recently where they actually incorporated podcasts into a story. Oh, it was it was the punchline shit. 
Yeah. There was doing a lot of podcast stuff there, which was an interesting take on it. Um, yeah, Batman would probably have a stop for our safety, but I think if it's actually us in Gotham City and we decide to do that, I think we know how to play the cards right. And we're like, okay, we need to talk about the villains favorably <laughs> and be like, yo, Batman did this kind of cool, but like what Joker did was kind of nuts. Like, and that I I think we'd have to play it that way. We would but be we, toting that line. We there. wouldn't be like saying this Joker fucking sucks. Like we would not be doing that if we were in <laughs> Gotham city because we'd be dead. All right. So it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I would definitely be like, all right, we'll stop the podcast. Batman. If you join the podcast for the final episode, <laughs> <laughs> like we got to go out with a bang, man. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I think we die. It doesn't go four years. We definitely get murdered. Um, but it would suck. You know what would be cool is if we were to get murdered, though, right? But then Dead Man gives us power somehow. And we do the podcast from the afterlife, <laughs> and we're a, we're an afterlife podcast, and we're just fucking talking about what Batman's doing now. But like, yeah, he didn't fucking save us though, and we just start talking <laughs> shit on him. Like we used to like love him so much, he didn't fucking save us. Um, but anyways. Uh, and then people would be like, but he told you how to stop. Shut the fuck up. You don't know. He could have saved us. Uh, anyways, we got Mung Cray next. Uh, DC should branch out to more audiences. Which of these would do the best? Which is funny because we kind of talked about uh, DC branching out. A Univision Batman telenovela called El... I don't even know how to say that. Murcielago? I don't know how to pronounce it properly. Uh, a K-drama with Suicide Squad vibes slash production called Dark Bat. Uh, Batcat slash Netflix rom-com full of betrayal and gossip called Bat in the City. Uh, <laughs> an X-rated Batman uh, animated show that gives Coomer fans what they wanted called the goddamn Batman. Batman. <laughs> I vote four. Um, but so here's the thing. If, if it's Netflix and they're doing number three, you're seeing Bat canceled. Dong. You're 100 yeah, it gets canceled, but you're seeing Bat Dong 100%. Because I don't hear anything about Netflix anymore, but on Twitter, some sex life or sex show or something like that, I always see people talking about that show. And it's like, they're like, oh my God, if you go to episode six and look at this, like, oh my God, that guy. And I'm just like, are they showing dongs and shit all over Netflix now? <laughs> Netflix. Like, what's happening? <laughs> so I think you definitely see Bat Dick in that. Um, but to be honest, if we're taking all of these seriously. Number four gets talked about the most, I think. Yes. Uh, especially with Twitter and everything. Uh, definitely think that happens. Uh, uh, freaking Fox News would be all over that. The superhero, they're ruining our kids with sex and blah, 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 all this kind of shit. Um, although I feel like Bad Cat Netflix show could bring in a larger female audience. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I think that's thing. The K drama, I feel, is a little too niche. I I think it's too niche, but I think it would get when when talked about his his overall question, which would do the best. I think um, the K drama would do the best. True, uh, I think it would work. I would love a telenovela Batman. That I think it would be fucking hilarious. But <laughs> I don't think. I don't think Latinos come out in droves to support, in my opinion. No, I don't, we'll, I don't we'll think see so about Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle mm -hmm. might prove me wrong. But as just from previous experience, sorry, I had a burp. Uh, I think, um, you know, La Raza doesn't come out as much as they should. But 
I do think out of these, I think K drama is very possible. I think um, with the way the B like the BTS stands are like they're insane. Um, they've definitely been able to destroy Trump rallies before, which is crazy. So yeah, you might be extremely right there. I don't know if Dark Bat would be the best name, um, but I think yeah, you could do something like that. But I do think um, I think number three would bring in a bigger or a larger female demographic, to be yeah. honest. So if I had to be a, an executive producer and pick one of these, I would probably pick three. People are gonna be like, "You're biased. You should like Bad Cat." But I just I genuinely think when you get if you can get and this is proven on YouTube, if you can get a female audience, holy fuck! My friend yeah. does crime drama shit on YouTube like 90% of his audience is female and like older women too. And like they fucking watch and they come back. Like you can take a two months off and they come back. So yeah. go for the female demographic if you can. Um, next up, we got Clay. Uh, if the DC animated movies were the live action films instead uh, from Flashpoint Paradox 13, 13, wait, Paradox 13 to Legion of Superheroes 23. Oh, the years. Um, how would it have stacked up against the MCU? So essentially, the animated movies, if they were the actual movies we were getting live action compared to the MCU. I think they would have fared well. Now, the thing is, when looking at... This is a little harder to, to judge because in the middle of that, he says 13 to 23. Mm. In the middle of that, or near the tail end of that, they do a reboot. Yeah. Because at the end of the apocalypse war, it's a full on reboot. And then you start off with Superman, uh, mm -hmm. the man of man of tomorrow. Um, I, I think it would have done very well. Everybody has always said that the, uh, the scripts for these movies are very, very good and they do very well. I have heard because I have uh, not seen it yet. Um, but I have heard Legion of Superheroes uh, that came out this year is absolutely abysmal. Um, yeah. And a lot of people do not like Jensen Ackles as Batman. Uh, womp womp. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. What did some people are saying that he would be a good. Oh, he was. We were having this discussion in Discord about him being the Batman in Gotham Knights. Well, apparently uh, he had like talked to executives like yeah. he wanted to be Batman in that movie in that show yeah to what lay on the ground with a shitty cow on <laughs> like well i'm sure like there will be scenes like flashbacks and stuff of, mm -hmm. of bruce wayne i assume i haven't seen there's two episodes out already i have not yeah. seen it um but i think that's probably what they would have gone for yeah and i think he just because he likes the character and with i think people want to do the trifecta okay mm -hmm. you've done the voice now you need to do live action you know and do something else with it. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the uh, the the ergot that people try to aim for when it comes to awards for, for Hollywood or whatever. Yeah, not too uh, many people have that, huh? Yeah, no. Uh, I feel like people would probably want to do that with Batman. Yeah, I think where everybody fails is usually live, right? Like yeah. actual. A lot of people don't want to go do theater. Theater's hard for the people that have never tried it before. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't... I'm not going to lie. Some of those movies do suck. Like, they change the endings, and they're not good. The voice acting might be bad. Now, if you were giving me Bat uh, Justice League United and Superman and Batman, 
all the animated series that sh- that shit destroys fucking the MCU. Yeah. Uh, cause that voice cast and everything, the way Wonder Woman, she still had the classic outfit. Like she was a badass. She was throwing tanks at people and shit. Like that was awesome. Uh, I just saw a clip recently and I, dude, I would love for them to do this in live action when she suplexes Mongol. Such oh, a yeah. good moment. I would love <laughs> to see that in live action. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think if you were to give me that, I say it destroys the MCU. I think it would do better with even if you're going off what this actual question suggests. I think it does better than the current movies. So, because I think Flashpoint would have been nuts and uh, some of those other movies in there that were really good. But for the most part, yeah, I don't know. But also, some of those movies have like some really adult humor in them. So, yeah, that might hurt it. I mean, Harley Quinn basically rapes fucking Nightwing in one of those movies. So, oh, I never thought about that as like actual part of of the universe that they were talking about. Though. Yeah, I mean, if we're being picky and choosy, but those movies came out between thirteen to twenty three. So that's true. If we're including everything, because we can yeah. be very picky and choosy if we wanted to, but I'm just kind of including everything in that decade. So, is what it is. And last question we got is from uh, Nathan. Uh, says, okay, so here's my hot take. Reeves Riddler owns Nolan's Joker. Riddler was a much more calculated, arguably caused more damage and more competent henchmen and never took damage. Joker wouldn't be smart enough to solve the riddles. Change my mind. I saw this and I was like, ugh. Uh, First of all, Riddler was a bitch. All right. I just want to throw that out there. (laughs) YouTube channel and I guys want you to subscribe and make sure you smash that like button um was a bitch he couldn't take a punch even if he had damage he was crying because Batman didn't join him you really think that's uh, stronger Joker was laughing because he won Joker won people don't realize that about the fucking Dark Knight he turned essentially a city against Batman yeah like that's huge. He also got, he killed, he got fucking Two-Face to change. He got him to become a villain when he was supposed to be the White Knight of Gotham. Like, Joker arguably did more damage, in my opinion, because he got the city to turn on Batman, whereas anybody can blow up a building. Like, that's not hard. And look, you have freaking Andrew Tate over here getting audiences. Anybody can get an audience, too. My dumbass had an audience. Like, (laughs) it's not that hard to gain an audience. But to get a whole city to change on a beloved hero, I think that's hard. And Joker did that. Yeah. Joker put fear in the eyes of people. He made people turn on things. He made somebody give up. He was like, I'll blow up a hospital if you don't uh kill this guy and people went out and did it they're like he was like he's like mr beast go fix my candy in the stores like that's (laughs) what joker was doing he had that kind of pool and so riddler dude alfred solved these fucking riddles sitting on the shitter like there's not really any problem with these riddles uh i don't think they were that bad they were that hard or anything like that and also riddler left his fucking plan in his apartment who does that Oh, yeah, yeah, let me just pick up the carpet. Oh, shit, my whole master plan's on the carpet? Like, Joker wouldn't need a master plan because it's all in his brain. He's not going to have it written down. Like, come on. 
Um, granted, Harley did steal one of his written ideas, did it better than him. He got really pissed her out of her window. So it's happened before. But <laughs> I'm just saying, Nolan's version, he didn't have any shit written down on the ground or whatever. He did all the dirty work himself. He was a part of it. So, like, I think Nolan, this Joker could kill that Riddler. That's all I'm yes. saying. Yeah. He got all the mobs to work for him. I, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Like, that, that was the perfect argument. I, I see Joker as an agent of chaos, whereas Riddler was somebody who just attempted to make things happen. And yes, he did, but he put all of his cards on changing Batman. Yeah. And for, you know, just because we know who Batman is, like, Joker wanted to change because he knew he couldn't change Batman. Yeah. That uh, Joker knew, oh, this guy does this for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to try to change him. I'll just change everybody else. Yeah. That is a smarter way of thinking. And Riddler thought Batman was on his side. Yeah. Like, how dumb do you have to be? Like, it, it makes no sense. And then he cried. He literally, no, no. Uh, yeah. Fuck that Riddler. He sucks. Also, so does the comic book that he's writing um but yeah speaking of comic books that is all we got for that ladies and gentlemen uh now we're gonna move on to i think we got three books this week if i'm not mistaken we have uh world's finest the raza gold book and i feel like there's a third one that i'm missing nightwing Nightwing. yeah let's start off with nightwing actually um so this is a continuation of the teen titan story also we had that nice backup. I hope you read that as well. Um, yes. What did you think of this issue? This, so I enjoy Taylor's writing overall. Uh, we technically had four, but I know you didn't read uh, War of Undead Gods. Um, I skimmed it. I fucking hated it. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I thought so. Um, but in Nightwing, Nothing really happened. This is all set up for what they're initially going to do at the end of this story, um, yeah. which is going to be in the next issue. Um, but I feel like the like the whole thing with the smiling man taking out Nightwing and then like pretending to be Nightwing, mm-hmm. all of that ended too quickly. Yeah, like that only happened last issue, and now yeah. this issue they've already found out who it was. Like, it was like an episode of The Flash. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't like that. I felt like it needed maybe one or two issues more. Again, I don't need things to be drawn out too much. Yeah. But I felt like this just happened way too fast. Like if you were reading it in a trade, mm-hmm. it would immediately happen after reading it. Like and you're yeah. like, uh, like that that doesn't make any sense. So. Yeah. Also, who's who's the little girl exactly? We find out she has powers. Uh, the little girl is Blockbuster's daughter. And I thought Blockbuster was just a big dude. Does he have powers? She doesn't have powers in here. She fucking knocks the dude out. Well, she punches him. Uh, I don't, like, I guess, like, Blockbuster has She punches him and he breaks through, like, walls. So I guess, like, she has superhero strength like her father. So he has powers. I thought he was just a really big dude. Like, he, he is a big dude with super strength. Like, that's it. Okay. So, like, I'm talking about, like, he has knock-you-through-a-wall-type powers. Yeah. 
Okay, so she has that. So he's a metahuman then. Yes. I don't yes. know much about Blockbuster, so that's what I'm asking. Yeah. I always thought he was just like a big fucking, you know, like kind of guy. like a kingpin type thing. But also, when you look at kingpin in com in the comics, mm -hmm. also he is like 300 plus pounds and he can throw people through walls too okay. so and he's not a meta human he's just yeah. a huge person okay yeah I, I like i said i don't know much about him so when i saw her hitting i was like what the fuck um i thought that's why they were trying to kill her because she has powers or whatever i will say there is this the smiling man or whatever his name was at one point chunks her she, he just yeets her. He's like, all right, fuck you. <laughs> I love that scene, dude. I love that. Like, granted, she's okay. They catch her. I believe uh, Donna Troy catches her. Yeah. And she's she's all fine. But when he yeets her, because, like, she's like, ah! <laughs> He's just throwing her. And the Titans <laughs> and, are like, Go! And the Titans just don't even, like, they, they like, are like, are you crazy? But then yeah. they just stand there. And he's like, you're not going to go get her? Like, yeah. I can run away if you guys go get her. So if y'all can go get her, I could get away. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, oh, she's not really a concern of ours right now, or you are. And I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to catch her? And that's when Donna Troy goes out of nowhere. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, no, so it was really cool. So this is the same girl that if you read the annual, she was with the puppy and all that jazz. Um, I love that there was a smart way of Nightwing getting her on his, on his side, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know what's the dog's name? And the smiling man's like, nah, you fucking got me. You know what I mean? Cause he can transform. I guess he can do the voices. I like that. We did get like, if I'm not mistaken, we got like a really quick origin of him, right? Like he tried to be, he wasn't an actor, was he? Or didn't he try to do something? Or am I reading no, that wrong? We, uh, he was trying to be a super villain and he was yeah. trying to be a master of disguise. Yes. There we go, there um, we go. And he was like, he dressed up as Superman and was like, Hey, Mr. Bank. Teller, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a villain inside of your vault. I need to get in there as soon as possible. And there was a security guard who was like, Hey, Superman, your nose falling off. Yeah. And like they, they ended up catching him, taking him to jail. This is where Neuron uh, mm -hmm. came in and was basically like, Hey, if you sell me your soul, I can give you whatever you want. And that's when he was like, Yeah, I want to have uh, what he said here. Uh, I wanted strength and flight and i wanted to be a true master of disguise and so he just uh signed his soul away and he wanted to bring a smile to uh people's faces and he says now i always have a smile on my face yeah and that's why he is the smiling man yeah so pretty cool stuff and then this kind of just really like uh brings raven to saying like oh yeah they're not gonna stop until they get his daughter and so they're like oh we gotta go to hell and um i love this little thing where beast boy is all like underworld break-in and nightwing's like i was thinking more hell heist and he's like oh, that's better <laughs> like well like the big thing was is uh beast boy in that con same conversation he's like sure then we'll all just go to hell just yeah. break into and get into those demon filing cabinets and raven's like exactly he's like no no no, no. that that was that was sarcasm, guys. That we're not going to hell. That was just sarcasm. And everybody starts to agree, like, yeah, let's really do it. He's like, and like he's still in the background, like, guys, is is nobody hearing me? Like, yeah, it was it was all sarcasm. We're not really going to hell. And that's when uh Nightwing busts out the hell heist line. And I'm like, Yeah, that does sound really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then the next issue is called Hell Heist. So that'll be a pretty cool issue. But yeah, like Clay said, this was kind of a nothing burger. It was just all set up for, you know, it was a typical Naruto episode. It was all filler.
So uh, moving on to the backup, though. First of all, I enjoyed this story. But, dude, I have to ask you, who does John look like? He looks like a, a per- like he looks like young Jerry Seinfeld in this. Hey, he looks so I don't like his hair in this. Yeah, it looks so super curly. Weird. Yeah, he's like a, uh, got a Jerry curl almost <laughs> for, for real. Yeah. Uh, like the like the the very first close up you get of him, I was like, uh, this looks like a very much older uh person, not a seventeen year old or eighteen year old Jonathan Kent. Yeah. This looks very very odd. Um, but I, I enjoyed the story overall also, um, really love the flashbacks that we're getting from Batman here Yeah, because I also like if, uh, this is something that both Marvel and DC are starting to do the, uh, the flashbacks that they do have like the Kirby crackle, the, the dots mm-hmm. in, in the background. If you look at the panels, all the shading is, is done with dots. And I yeah. really, really love that detail. Because it is something that they used to do back in the day when when create comics, um, I really like I, I really love the uh, the investigation of this, the aspect of it. Um, John, of course, taking from what he's learned from his mother, being a very important reporter in Metropolis, yeah. and of course Nightwing having Batman being you know the world's greatest detective. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was really cool. So essentially, we know that someone tried to kill a lot of people at the circus. And so they're investigating it. And a lot of the um, Batman flashbacks or Batman are like, don't trust anyone, which I thought was really cool. He was like, always assume that people are lying and try to find out like what you can. And so it's cool. So Nightwing is going through everybody. Like, why would you do this? What, like, what's going on? And we find out that they're like, hey, the trapeze are always checked twice. Like somebody checks them when they set them up. And then right before the trapeze happens, it's it's checked by the performers like you know or whatever and so we end up learning like as john and and nightwing are talking they're like oh yeah do you have an idea who it is because they check the ringmaster they check the prop master they check everybody and then they're like nightwing automatically accuses the trapeze artist mom of like why would you try to kill your kids or whatever or something like that and she's like what and that's where it ends and john's like oh like he's just like super (laughs) confused by it so uh yeah i'm interested to see where this goes um i am enjoying these backup stories the backup stories in a lot of books have surprisingly been good lately yeah um uh definitely in zadarsky's his backup is way better than the main story uh and then i forgot there was a oh obviously we know what was happening in detective at the time we had some of the best backup stories when that was going on as well so backup stories outshining the the main stories not a good sign but um i do enjoy it. it does give you a reason to pick up some books but uh, yeah, so we have that. Now, moving on to the next. Oh, yeah. Talk about this undead gods. Because like I, I, I was I was skimming through this and I fucking hated the ending because it's well, the feel, same thing. It is the same thing. And I feel like it needed to be talked about because mm-hmm. uh, we almost lose another Batman. Yeah. In in this story again, um, the last issue, Damon, uh, Damien did uh fight some of the uh what are they called infected i guess um but i didn't think he had gotten like too hurt well here we actually see him turn yeah uh, and uh of course alfred is now the specter uh the spirit of vengeance and he ultimately goes to earth to grab the cure and that's how things are fixed there mm-hmm. but 
we uh, see some other things happen. Lobo joins the fight. He is uh, the main cause of how the heroes win in this issue, um, with that uh, being uh, feeding Darkseid uh, the cure, which was very funny at the end. Um, yeah. But this whole moment of like John saving uh, Earth Two was pretty cool, and a lot of a lot of things that people have a criticism for when it comes to Jonathan Kent in the main continuity, and you know, I guess in any other story that he's been in as Superman, mm-hmm. is that he has never had to really uh, go all out as Superman, and yeah. so like. What 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 is it about Jonathan Kitt that really makes it worth him being Superman? Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he can be the friendly, the 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 symbol of hope and everything else, but like you've never seen him go blow to blow with somebody, and so it's kind of boring. Yeah. Well, here he goes face to face with Warworld, a giant blast, uh, and is able to protect Earth uh, from it. Really cool thing though, um, is that Darkseid. He infects Brainiac. Brainiac then tries to destroy all the small bottles of planets that he had collected over the many, many of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cyborg comes in and takes over Brainiac uh, because he has the cure and, and whatnot, of course. And he takes the bottle Cindy of Candor that has all of the surviving Kryptonians. And now the Kryptonians have, uh, they're like basically the winning. Uh, they're on the winning side now because they yeah. have so many Kryptonians fighting the infected. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, a lot of people just sometimes forget about the Bato City of Kandor a mm-hmm. lot of times. Uh, and uh, putting them to good use here was really, really clever. I really enjoy that. Um, but like you said, very predictable ending. Yeah. Uh, Darkseid is angry that he was a pawn in somebody's plans, and now he is part of the good guys. Yeah. I am just getting really tired of the leveling up every issue. Like, you know, oh, it's, it's oh, Alfred turns into the Spectre. Oh, no, like, somebody's in danger. Oh, look, now we got a billion Kryptonians, and it's just like, bro, like, I feel like it's no longer a story anymore. It's just like, oh, look how much more powerful we get every issue, you know? And yeah. it's it's like if every Dragon Ball Z episode, there was a new power up every single time instead of like God. one power up over time. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like they're kind of that's just kind of what's happening with Taylor. Um, I don't think you've read it either. But like, I mean, when when we saw like I, I'm just not happy with Taylor's Elseworld stories anymore. I think he should have like a cutoff at eight because I think 12 is too much for him. Well, this is eight issues. The is next this? issue is the well, last but one. This is like fucking of like 20 plus issues because he started this a long time ago. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm talking about his Elseworlds should be like eight issues, period. Like a new like uh, steel should have ended at eight. You know, I would have still been in love with that book, but I hated the last issue. So I was just like, no, nah, fuck that. So like, I don't know. I think he's just going a little too far. And maybe that's just because this is the time you get to do wacky and crazy shit like this, you know? Uh, and maybe that's why he's doing it, which is fair. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think this is the kind of stuff that I'm okay with getting mad about Tom Taylor about. Whereas other people are like, I don't like that. You're writing a gay character. I'm like, really? I'm like, come on. Like yeah. there's yeah. so much shit you throw, can say. Throw actual real criticism. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So like, I, I am that's not a fan of this book. I think he's doing way too much and I'm kind of just over it. So I'm glad that it is going to finally end. And I hope that's the end period. And it, we're not getting any more. <laughs> um, Cause I'm sure he's doing a bunch of extra steel stuff. Deceased right? four. Deceased back again. Gotham or Batman, Nog Knights of steel or whatever. Like he's going to do a crossover. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I think he needs to take a break from Elseworlds for a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he's still doing good stuff in his other books. He's doing a lot, actually. He's writing he a is. lot when you look back. But anyways, moving on from that, let's go on to a book I actually enjoyed that was pretty simple. Uh, World's Finest. This, so I know I, I like to praise Tom King about how he brings in characters that nobody's really going to know and gives them new life. Mark Wade's doing a good job of that as well. Um, I think this is a very interesting book. I found Metamorpho very intriguing with the story. I don't know if this is his origin or if it's a new origin or what it is, but I enjoyed it. I am not familiar with Metamorpho's origin either. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that it was from an accident. I didn't know it was from this specific accident. Um, and I love that he, uh, I love that Mark Wade is using characters, uh, that, kind of go on the wayside when it comes to dc yeah. also simon stagg um is a character that people should know about i think he he is one of those big corporations he's you know yeah. queen industries wayne industries stagg industries is another one of those big corporate giants that we just don't hear enough about and so yeah. putting him in here i felt was like okay this is pretty cool this is a character at when you see his photo he honestly for a split second looked like I thought it was going to be like Maroney or yeah. uh, uh, Mayor Hill, right? Mm -hmm. Is that his name? Yeah, in, yeah I think so. In uh, Batman Adventures uh, or uh, Batman anime series. So uh, just really glad that he was put into this story also. Even if he is technically, spoiler here, a dead character yeah. in this book. Um, his his storyline, how it connects to Metamorpho was very, very fun. Yeah, I think this is really cool. So basically, we find out that Metamorpho uh, was an adventurer beforehand. Uh, and I guess he was working for Stag, uh, I guess, to find certain things. Ends up falling in love with his hot daughter. Uh, Stag's like, uh-uh, you ain't banging my daughter. And so he has him killed. He's like, I need you to go on an adventure for me with my big old hunkin' bodyguard over here that definitely doesn't kill for me. And uh, you need to go do some stuff. A uh, big old bodyguard. They go to like a pyramid, uh, an Egyptian pyramid, because there's like some secret stone in there or something like that, uh, yeah. which we find out is part of like a comet or something that came to Earth. And they, um, you know, the bodyguard throws him in this pit and this pit just basically melts him. And he like dies down there. He feels his skin. He prays for death. He's like, kill me, kill me. And his girl still loves him. Even when he shows up, all oh, face hanging off, all dead. He's like a liquid monster. And she saves his soul, as they say in this book. And he finds out how to become human again, or solid, I should say, because yeah. he is made of a bunch of different elements. And it becomes Metamorpho. And so we kind of get that story. And then uh, we know that Batman and Superman have known Metamorpho for a while. So uh, I do think this was pretty cool. And then, of course, they're like, Simon Stagg's dead. This is the story. He's our prime suspect. Batman, and Superman always the Boy Scout. He's like, really? I mean, we've worked alongside him. Like, he's a really good guy. And he's all like, I'm just doing my job. And Batman goes, he's like, hey, 
you're the prime suspect. Metamorpho gets pissed. He's like, what the fuck? I was, I was doing helium over, over this city. Like I was just chilling out the sights. I'm like, that's not really a good alibi, bro. <laughs> you were just <laughs> hovering above the skies. Like, and Batman's like, he could get in and out of this building. Cause stag was in like a lockdown bunker type hotel. There's no way anybody should have been able to get in, but somebody got in and killed him. And the way that, uh, Batman says that he died was from a uh, a banned substance in the United States. Yeah, something that uh, Metamorpho could very easily uh, just Create. literally turn into. Yeah, um, and that's where Superman's like, okay, whatever. And the thing is, we see a portion. The, the thing that we skipped over in the very beginning, we see. Uh, the Bat Family, uh, yeah. Batgirl, Robin, Batman, with Supergirl, Batman, or Su- Supergirl, Superman, and Jimmy Olsen, and they're I talking about a Supergirl an, suit. They, uh, they, they're talking about an adventure that they had just gone on. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy Olsen had actually helped them. Uh, I really dig the the Supergirl outfit. Also, um, I like the the little shoulder stuff um, that is going on there. Well. But although uh, there's a moment where. Uh, basically huh. Perry White is saying like, hey, you need to uh, go check this out. Simon Stagg was murdered. Yeah. And so Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are part of the investigation. Mm-hmm. And Clark is like, because he knows he has to get inside there. He knows yeah. that he, he sees Batman and Robin. And he tells Jimmy, he's like, hey, if you share this story with me, if, 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 you, if you do all of this investigative reporting, I'll even share the byline on you. Mm-hmm. And so Jimmy Olsen does his own reporting. Yeah. Well, near the end of the book, we see him starting to write stuff on his laptop. And I really love, this is uh, words from Batman. He says, uh, millions, trust me, I'll get to the bottom of this. Any mystery is solvable if you put in the work mm-hmm. and you have one page of Jimmy Olsen and his camera and showing all of the investigative reporting that he's been doing yeah. while they have been doing their own reporting. And Jimmy turns in the paper to Clark or the article to Clark and Clark's like, I don't know, man. Like we don't know what the byline is. We don't know what the headline is or anything. And uh, you just see Clark very like, ah, this is wrong. I don't think this is right. Like we, yeah. do, what's your evidence? And Jimmy is really laying it down. Like, Clark, you've told me time and time again, like facts are facts. And this is mm-hmm. the, these are the facts that I have found. Like this is this is stuff that it was corroborated and everything else. This is the real deal. And Perry even is like, Clark, what's the deal? Like, do you have any proof that Jimmy is wrong here? He's like, no, I just don't believe it. He's yeah. like, well, sorry, kid. That's not good enough. We're going to run it. And the very next thing we see Daily Planet and the headline reads, Bruce Wayne arrested for stag murder. Yeah. By Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. So pretty crazy stuff. I was just like, what? Because obviously the metamorpho stuff was a swerve to get mm-hmm. to this. And I was like, okay, now you have my interest. Uh, because it was also revealed earlier in the issue that Bruce Wayne was supposed to have a meeting with stag. Yeah. And he never made it to that because stag died. So they're going to kind of put that out there, which I think is very interesting. One thing I want to point out is at the start, when we do have the Supergirl and Batgirl out, uh, meeting, her outfit is the Sean Murphy version of the outfit, which was the newer one, just with the cowl. 
if I'm not mistaken, because those boots are definitely Sean Murphy's design. Yes. So, and I think Sean Murphy didn't do the cow. He did like more of a mask plus like pointy ears. Yes. But I feel like everything else is his suit besides just the cow. So I think so. Because he went with the gray and yellow. But I was just like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. But uh, I actually enjoyed that Batgirl suit. I think that Batgirl suit's really cool. Um, Batgirl should come back. Tired of her being Oracle. She can do yes. more. So, um, but yeah, anyways. So that was a great issue. I think that was solid. World's Finest has been um, better than everything else he's doing, is what I'll say. Uh, because all the Lazarus Planet stuff is just so confusing i didn't even bother with the one that that yeah. was happening this week i was like nah, i'm not even gonna read it yeah it, it is what it is um obviously there was uh what else came out this week is um bad girl i mean not bad girl catwoman if anybody cares about that that also came out this week i've been keeping up with that story nothing's happening they are gonna cross over soon with the punchline story that's been going on that's gonna cross over but it's just nothing's exciting happening in those books at all uh, but for the last thing we got uh, is Batman One Bad Day Raish Al Ghul. Now, I thought this was a, this is also Tom Taylor. So Tom Taylor doing everything. Um, oh, OK. Clay just posted some stuff in the Discord promotional artwork for Blue Beetle. Looks kind of cool. Yeah, uh, actually, that, that other one, though, looks kind of Fortnite. -y. The one on the right. So it, it does. He does have like a longer face, making him look very cartoonish. But yeah. I love the blue beetle like pincers. Uh, no, no, the uh, the uh, logo logo. Oh, yeah, yeah, it looks pretty fire. Uh, anyways, back to comics. Rachel Ghoul, written by Tom Taylor. This is the final book in the series. So they're ending, I think, on two high notes because we had the last book was Clayface. Unless you didn't think this. I actually enjoy this story. I have one problem with the book that I'm pretty sure you already know. But for the most part, I thought this was one of the better Rachel Ghoul stories in a really long time. I agree. Yeah. I thought this was a really good story. There is one aspect of this story that I do not agree with. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think this was a great story. Yeah. So we get a little bit of Rachel Ghoul's childhood. That back when he was young and actually a kid, he his uh, basically village was raided and he was trying to run away and he ended up he was about to get killed. But a pack of wolves saved him from this guy that was trying to murder him. And so he always has this feeling of, of uh, appreciation towards wolves. So he enjoys them. And then it, 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 we see that little bit of him. And apparently... From what this story says, every time he awakes from the Lazarus pit, he's reminded of that story. Yeah. And so I thought that was kind of cool. And so he comes out of the Lazarus pit. We see Talia there. She's all like, hey, you're Rachel Ghoul. I am your daughter, Talia. Like, you are the League of Assassins leader, you know, the head of the demon, all that kind of jazz. And so she kind of, like, brings him back to reality. And he's there. And he found, we see this wolf dog that is uh, dying. And they were like, we didn't want to put her down until you came back, until we found your body. Because apparently he's been dead for a while. And I don't know if this is a continuation of the Shadow of the Bat story where he died. I don't believe so because the whole story of of the Shadow of the Bat and like the whole 
Williamson story was that his body was disintegrated by a bomb, so there was nothing to resurrect. Um, that I, you know, I'm totally fine with retconning that whole series. I'm 100% okay with retconning all of that. Yeah. So that means Batman never kissed Talia. So only Catwoman's the cheater, <laughs> bitches. Um, so yeah, anyways. Um, so we see that he, you know, he's saying goodbye to his dog, which we've all probably said goodbye to dogs before. So we know how that goes. Um, very sentimental moment. We find out that he found it in a cage uh, at one point. So he knew that he had this connection that this, you were the ancestors of the dogs that saved me, the same bloodline. So when he saw this wolf in this cage, fucking kills everybody to get it out of the cage and he takes it home. And this, this wolf basically grew up as his pet the whole time. I, one of the coolest things about uh, this story, as well as the Clayface story that we've praised so much is that there is human aspects to these yeah. villains, mm -hmm. very like, like relatable aspects this was one of them. Yeah. Um. To see this and say like, okay, like you saved my life, so I'm saving yours. And then this saying goodbye and actually seeing Roz in tears, not just yeah. like a tear and he wipes it away and trying to be strong. He is broken in this yeah. moment. Uh, and it's really, really sad, but I actually really love this moment. Yeah, it was really good. And I want to point out that I do agree with everything Clay said. But I also think people might call me out because I often talk shit about Thanos and how I hate it that he tried to make him essentially a good guy. Because uh, mm -hmm. I, like, I like villains to be evil. Like, I want yeah. them to be villains. My issue with Thanos is they didn't build out his character enough, in my opinion, because he just went straight to, I'm going to zap half of the universe. You never explain why he couldn't just save the universe. Like, if yeah. he can do the same shit. And that was one of my biggest issues. But I also think that they... Just put too much on him, like, oh yeah, I did my evil thing, and now I'm just like, I can be happy or whatever. Well, and the thing not with, happy, but miserable. The the thing with Roz is even in this story, I think Taylor does it very well. With we know that Raz Al Ghul is somebody who is wanting better for the planet. Yeah, he is a what are they called? Uh, He's always eco been an eco terrorist. Yeah, yes, and you could possibly, I think everybody would be like, okay, well, like eco terrorists are still evil. You listen to his reasonings mm -hmm. and you you understand, okay, in this iteration of Raz Al Ghul's story that Taylor has written, uh, spoiler, at the end of the book, you realize he is 700 years old. Yeah. He has seen a lot of shit happening to this planet. Mm -hmm. And so you can see there being, okay, there's a lot of love for this planet because he's been here for that long. So I can understand that. Yeah. And that is how you reasonably say okay these are his motivations yeah like this is the reason why we're gonna put a lot of human aspects into him while also still letting him be a villain yeah so the main purpose of race is doing here is he's killing every major like corporate billionaire so i there's a guy on a yacht that is bald and stuff and i don't know if they're trying to hint at another very bald billionaire that we have in this world i think this one is a lot older though so let me yeah. let me go ahead and, and put that preface on there also. yeah i agree i agree so um but what they what rach is doing is he is killing these heads and having them replaced by people that care about the planet 
So like, you know, if this guy had a son or whatever, which he does have a son here, but they kill him. So his son would have been a bitch too. But his he had a daughter that wasn't going to take over the company, but now she's going to take over it because they've both been killed. And so she has been, we find out, a disciple of Talia. She's been learning from Talia as a mentor. And she thinks we need to go in a, a greener like world. We need to stop being polluting the world we have been. And so she's going to start doing that. So he's going around killing every major person uh, that is in a, is, that is running these corporations that are killing the world and essentially putting in people that want to protect the world in their places. And so uh, I think that's a really interesting motivation. But of course, even Raish knows this, that he was like, we need to leave no evidence behind because the detective will find this out. And I always love that he still calls him the detective. Like he never calls him Batman or anything like that. He calls him the detective. And so Batman starts realizing he's like, so-and-so just died. This guy just died. This guy just died. All heads of major corporations. Him being a billionaire himself, you know, that's something he needs to watch out for. Because he's like, people might come after me. But, um, you know, he'll be able to protect himself. So he's like, let's go check out where this guy died. Because we need to go find it out, right? So they get in a bat boat, which I think is really cool. Or the bat submarine or whatever they want to call it. We and, don't see uh, a whole lot of these anymore. No. Like, we only always see the car. Yeah, but very rarely do you see the Batwing or the Bat submarine anymore. Yeah, love that he has a scuba suit with the the to put his head his mask in so he fits the freaking pointy ears. Love that. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, he starts searching the boat and he's like going out there and he's uh, searching. He finds a gun and he's all like, "Why would there be a gun here?" You know, like if they just drowned or whatever. Well, and Damien says, "Well, he would have security. He's a billionaire." He's like, "Yes, he would." But why would there be two bullets missing? Yeah. And so. so you're like, okay, cool. What what does this mean? And Batman's like, oh, well, let me see who would be the most to gain out of the death of this individual. That's when we find about uh, about his daughter. Yeah. And immediately after, I love the transition to this. We just see the meeting between Bruce and this girl. Mm-hmm. Very next panel, Tali's like, Bruce is onto us. Yeah, like, like shit. He he's he's already starting to to investigate, and yeah. Rage is like, I, I I saw this coming. Like I I knew that eventually he would probably follow us, uh, but it'll be fine. We're good to go. And he meets up at the Batcave with Damien. Yeah, and this I really, again, Ivan Reyes's art is mm-hmm. immaculate. Absolutely love it. He is trying to court Damien. It's like, hey, he is he is not good for us. He 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 is not good for the world. And and I have a better plan and all of this stuff. I'm not going to harm you, but you need to come with me. Yeah. And of course, he is using Damien as bait um, to get Batman to uh, the layer of the League of Assassins. This so this is where shit starts to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about uh what ultimately happens to batman here so what ends up happening is Raish is threatening to kill damien if if bruce doesn't stop because obviously the league is no no problem for batman i mean he trained with them he beats all their asses so he gets to Raish no problem so Raish has like yo if you don't stop i'm gonna slit his throat batman kind of knows he's like you wouldn't do that to your own grandson like he was like no i would but he admits later he's like i wasn't gonna do anything to you 
Um, but you, we see that's when Rache talks about how he's like, I have a plan to save this universe. He's like, I've seen the oceans and now they're destroyed. I've seen beautiful creatures and now they're dead. Like, you know, they're extinct or whatever. And he keeps, he's giving this, this preaching thing. And he's talking about why his plan works. And he's like, you need to join me. Like we could have made the greatest world ever, but you know, you have your stupid code and you can't do this. And he's like, you're Batman's basically you're a murderer. You're not going to get away with this. And he's like, no, I need to get away with this. And he stabs him through the chest. And you know, this again, we have another Damien that's like, no, I get everybody killed. <laughs> like, because he also got Alfred killed. And so uh, we see Bruce dying ends up taking his cowl off and giving it to Damien. And he's like, this is yours now. And so again, baby Damien becoming Batman, which shouldn't happen. We saw that happen. And again, Tom Taylor's done that before, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you know, he's like, promise me you'll never kill. Like, it's not like, just promise me that. And Damien's like, I promise. And so the first thing he does is stab Ra's al Ghul, which I thought like was in the funny. chest. And yeah. I'm like, and I was like, dude, you just made this promise. And then almost like freaking Damien was reading my mind. He's like, don't worry. I didn't hit any vitals because I just made this promise. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, okay, okay. But then we see the events happening of all of these billionaires dying. Yeah. And it's all the narration of Ra's al Ghul. This is the part that I didn't like. Yeah. Because later we see that two years have passed. Yeah. And uh, we we see a whole explanation. Uh, we see people have gone on to Roz's side to like, uh, like squeeze IV bags. So that way people just die in hospitals. People have died in convention centers because of bombs and, and gas leaks and stuff. Car accidents. Actually, I take back my earlier statement of one being old and bald. He has a spaceship guy go up into space and blow up i think that's supposed to yeah, be a yeah, particular yeah, yeah. billionaire for sure um but then one of them is even going out hunting and basically Roz is paying off all these people to run away mm-hmm. and this dude gets eaten by lions um but then we see the resurrection of bruce wayne yeah and he learns that it's been two years and Roz has gone through with his plans mm-hmm Damien didn't do anything to stop him yeah. from what we have seen. This is yeah. what I didn't like. I didn't like that one Batman died because I feel like people have been doing that a lot lately. Just mm-hmm. killing him and bringing him back. I know even yeah. Tom King did it, but his was like panel to panel. He was already back to life. Other people are like using it as a plot device to get shit done. And then he comes back. And I don't like that. It's 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 so It's so silly because like, Again, we have this idea of Batman is only human. Yeah. But he's the biggest obstacle for every villain. Yeah. Oh, so how do you do it? You kill him. Oh, mm-hmm. well, we can't keep Batman dead, so we'll bring him back to life. Like yeah. it it is like it's an easy way to get over what should be a simple obstacle. Yeah. But also the hardest obstacle. Yeah. I've always said it doesn't matter if it's Batman or anybody. I hate when deaths are meaningless and they just don't stay dead for even a short period of time. Yeah. Like, let them just stay dead, build out some other more stuff, and then bring them back later on, you know? Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of dumb. Also, I'm really hating this idea of people just 
using the Lazarus pit as a pit that brings people back to life and not giving them the evil traits of the Lazarus pit. Well, Damien does say like, Hey, like chill out. You know, the, the, the pit does have negative effects on you. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. And we do know that Batman is angry in this moment. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a little bit there. It just wasn't emphasized, which I think yeah. it needed to be. Um, of course, Taylor, I, I think this is a great homage to the late Neil Adams. Um, did a great fight between uh, Batman and Roz uh, in the classic no shirt yeah. um, sword fighting. Uh, the one thing that I actually thought is hilarious is... Uh, within uh, one page, Batman grew a beard and mustache. Because um, yeah. if you see him coming out of the pit, he only has stubble. But if you see this panel on the next page where it like splits their face in half and one side is Roz, one yeah. side is Batman, Batman has a full beard and mustache. Yeah. Lazarus Pit is still working, you know? It's like regeneration. <laughs> so he's growing it out. Yeah, I see that. And then he's like, you're going to face justice. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. And Rache throws himself off a mountain and just crashes to his death. Which, if I'm Batman, I'm recovering that body. That's what I thought. You know? I'm like, no, 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 no. I know how this works. Like, I'm getting this body back. I'm throwing it in a pit. And then I'm going to put you in jail. That's yeah. what I would have thought. Yeah. But that's not how it goes. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, granted, the only way, I mean, we just, I mean, obviously we just retconned all of Williamson's story, but the only way you get rid of Rachel Gould is if you disintegrate him. Yeah. Um, but apparently not. So, yeah. So what ends up happening is Talia gets, uh, gets Rachel's body back and they found a Lazarus pit in Japan or in China, I think. And she has a new wolf. I guess she found another wolf for uh, her father. And she's like, you're Rachel Gould. And he's like, you don't need to tell me that. I, I'm good. Like, I know who I am. Yeah. And he, she's like, all right, cool. And we just see, like, he's like, how long has it been? I think she said it's been months. No, no, no. Okay, so what happened was, I think he got him reversed. Since his death, it's been two years. When Batman died, it's been a couple months. I think. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So, yeah. And so um, everything's happened. It's been two years. And Raish walks out to a very sunshiny uh, moment on the very final page. And he has a new, like, a new pet or whatever. And he sees, he feels like he's won. Like, he, he made it happen. And, yeah, my, I, my biggest thing is you could have still done this story without killing Batman. Because, yeah. like, I don't like that you can't just put Batman in a cage or like hold him in, in a cell for long, like take all his gadgets away, put him in a cage where he's going to have to do something over time. You know, what you could do is you could do a crazy story a la Peter Capaldi getting stuck in the time Lord tower yeah. for 2 billion years and have Batman do something like that too. Like Batman just punching a wall constantly to try to break off like chips of it to get it to like, try to get out of a cage or something, you know, like, you could have him do something weird or hello court of owls. They trapped him for a while, put him in a maze, have him do something crazy. Like something like that. Um, you don't need to kill Batman to make this happen. Cause Rachel go could have had this done in a week or so. Especially like with how much respect that Roz has for Batman. Mm -hmm. um, and I know it's, it's a very classic trope and like you would, 
you would assume, oh, well, he's a villain anyway. He shouldn't be afraid to kill Batman. Yeah. True. But they have been so formidable foes towards each other. Yeah. And in some continuities, Roz sees Batman as like the next demon. Yeah. So like, why would you want to kill him? You know? Yeah. Also, father of his grandchild, you know, exactly. should have married his daughter, all that kind of jazz. So he has high respect for him. Uh, besides Batman dying, I enjoyed the book. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed this so much on top of Clayface. I think Clayface is still the best one out of this whole series, but I also like Tom King's as well. And there was some serviceable ones and some just like shouldn't have even been written. Um, yeah. But with Clayface, Tom King, and this one, and the reprint, I bought the hardcovers at the comic shop. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't know if you noticed this, but they're building one of those boxes, right? That you can put them in, like the yeah. hardcover boxes. If you read the fine print, it comes with Tom King's book and the Killing Joke reprint together. And then you can just buy the other hardcovers as they come out and, okay. and just put them in there, like as you want. I went to the comic shop yesterday because I was actually on that side of town for once. And I was all like, hey, I was picking up my box. I didn't have this in my box, so I got the Jim Lee cover because I always buy Jim Lee covers, like if they're a book I want. And so I bought it, and I asked. I was like, hey, can y'all still order that thing? Because I asked them to clarify. I was online. It seems like I get two books plus the little box. And I was like, there's no way DC would charge $45 for a box. And they're like, you'd be surprised. And I'm like, okay. So I was like, but I feel like $45 for two books makes sense. Especially and, when that hardcover of Killing Joke was 50, the, yeah. the special edition one that you have. Yeah. So they checked it up. They couldn't order it anymore. And I was like, oh, that fucking sucks. Because I was going to buy just like Clayface, maybe Catwoman. And I was going to buy Rachel Ghoul as well, hardcover. But then I was like, they were like, oh, but if you want in August, two months later, you can buy all the hardcovers together. And if you want to do that, and I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do that. And I just bought it. So I bought fucking, I'll have all these hardcovers to be able to put on display, uh, which looks kind of cool in the settings that they've done for them. They're all black books with just the spines and stuff. So it looks kind of cool. It'll be sitting on my shelf for sure. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I do think they definitely missed the mark on some of these books, but I think this series has dropped some of the better stories for some of these villains in a really long time uh, yeah especially race and clayface like they're highlights i hope that clayface books wins an award because i i really i good. hope so too yeah uh that was a really good book but overall i enjoyed this i think this was the way you should write race more i think a lot of people go a little too crazy with him um but i think this actually added to the character a lot but uh, for the most part, yeah, enjoyed it. And uh, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, so, Clay, you got anything going on for this week, man? Uh, this week, of course, over at Star Wars Alliance, you guys should uh, go watch The Mandalorian and The Bad Batch and then go listen to our review. Uh, there was a special cameo in The Mandalorian that everybody's freaking out about. Uh, huh. So go check that out. Um Recently, uh, Netflix released the trailer for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers anniversary special, Once and Always. Uh, Ranger Alliance will be reviewing that uh, the day of. Of course, the review won't come out until the next week. Um, but uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, Juice, what about you? 
Ooh, sorry, I was trying to make sure. I thought we got a new comment. I was like, oh, but the freaking is like. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's all I got as well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am going to test out streaming on the reaction channel this week. So if you are subscribed to the reaction channel, definitely come by. I am trying to make the streams longer, but I'm also hoping the reaction channel now streaming over there, we can get a bigger audience, hopefully, and do live reactions to some things. I actually got to do a reaction right after this podcast. Um, so there will be a video on the reaction channel as you're seeing this. But that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. And remember, Batman is awesome. Batman! News Weekly. <laughs>